Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go! Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on Talk Time Live. TalkTimeLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTimeLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live! This is Morgan Berry, the voice of 13 from My Hero Academia. You're listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live! It's time for your Talk Time Live exclusive. You are now about to witness the strength of geek knowledge. Ladies and gentlemen, Happy New Year once again. And this episode is strictly for the wrestling fans out there. Coming back onto the show, it's been literally a year since this guest have come to the show. And we uh, witnessed... A lot of great things and some terrible things in the world of professional wrestling. Uh, so returning to the show right now is my good friend Josh Chernoff, uh, the host of Fight TV's. Remember last year I had problems with that? <laughs> <laughs> host of Fight TV's wrestling talk show, So Says Chernoff, in a ser- and as well as a series of AEW pre-shows to talk one hell of a year of wrestling, as well as predictions on 2020. So welcome back, Josh. Hey, thanks for having me back. Oh, we, I mean, we got a, I, 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 you know, I listened to the uh, episode that we had before the uh, interview that I did with you a year ago. Literally, it's been a year. Has it? it was Janu- what, what was the date? It was January. Wow. It was. It's very close to this date, actually. Doesn't uh, feel that long ago. No, it does not, and a lot has happened since then. Yeah, um, it really has. This this is a hell of a year. A lot is going on. Um, before we even get to any of 2019 and predictions of 2020, I got one of the most important questions of all the questions I'm going to ask you. Hit me with it. Are you still rocking that Arn Anderson and Force a Beard? <laughs> Uh, yes, I actually, I, I actually am. That's fantastic. Um, <laughs> it is, it is uh, officially proclaimed the Enforcer's Beard. I saw that the on, uh, on the Shirty uh, Awards. I was like, look at this. <laughs> like a kind of like a thick chin strap yes. type of thing. You know, the secret behind that is that I can't grow facial hair on my upper cheeks. Um, <laughs> so, you know, this is kind of how it goes. Um, yes, I am. You know, it, it was uh, a weird thing to kind of just pop on after being, you know, for about a year and a half on, uh, people's screens. And then all of a sudden I have a beard. Uh, the story behind it is I had grown out a beard a few years ago and my daughter who will be five this month, uh, she saw a picture of me and said, daddy, why don't you have that beard? And I said, or he says, daddy, why doesn't your face look like that? Um, and, uh, and I explained, oh, well, you know, I just, you know, film these things all the time. And she asked me uh, if I would grow it and if oh. I would grow it for her birthday. So I thought I was going to need a lot more time. I didn't remember how long it took me to grow a beard. Right. And uh, turns out not that long. And uh, <laughs> then I had it and I was like, well, I'll just keep it. And so far I, I, I still have it now. Um, her birthday's on the 18th. So 
we'll see uh, if I still have it after that when I film the next. I think we're filming on the 22nd, right. the next episode of So Says Chernoff. But I am supposed to be down at uh, AEW in Miami uh, in about a week and a half. So, um, yeah, I guess tune in and see if I uh, – on Fight TV's social media to see if I have. I really think a as a good birthday. By the way, shout out to your daughter. Her birthday, uh, Capricorn is everywhere. My birthday's on oh, the fourteenth. So- oh, nice! Happy birthday! <laughs> I, you know, just as a present, if I have the time, I may actually want to make it to a live uh, sh- taping of your show. Oh man, that would be awesome. Um, I, would, I would not mind checking it out. I love the setup. I love the uh, whole entire thing that you you and your crew does over there. Yeah, we'd love to have you there. That'd be awesome. Yeah, let me definitely look into that. But let's talk about 2019. I mean, so uh, first of all, before, before we, as we talk about 2019, we need to talk about you in 2019. That's so, my favorite subject. <laughs> of course. So we got to talk about your year before we get into the year of wrestling. Because mm. since the last time we uh, spoke on this show, you have done so much in such a short time. And I remember we were at AEW Dynamite. In Philly, here in Philly, mm-hmm. um, we were just briefly talking. I'm like, do you realize how much you've done in such a short time? But right yeah, before I, we were taking I, a I picture really or anything. I know. I really didn't even like, you know, I, you start kind of going over it. And um, like I, I have a I, – well, I, it's not totally filled out, but I have a um, a shelf in my office mm-hmm. where I have an action figure for every guy that I've interviewed. That's awesome. Um I thought that, I was going that to obviously, do that. That obviously, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, that obviously has an action figure. I, I, I had that, and I was like, that'll be kind of cool. And I started that when I was doing uh, the podcast with Bill, and yeah, um, yeah, it, it's it's kind of overwhelming at this point. Like I, I started realizing, like I think I'd have to spend more money than I make doing these interviews to yeah. buy some of these figures for guys <laughs> that you know, and uh, you know, because you start off with the ones, some of the legends I could go into my bin in my basement and find my old action figures and put them up there. But then you start, you know, going at any time past, uh, I don't know, early two thousands, whatever I stopped collecting. And, um, yeah, I have to, I had to start buying figures and stuff. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's been a lot. I've, I've been, uh, been doing a lot and I've been very fortunate. Absolutely. Let me run down real quick. So you started working with Bill Lapter. On the after chat, the legendary Bill Apter, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, yes, the Bill Apter. On the less <laughs> legendary after chat. But yeah, <laughs> he'll, he'll work on on a role for 2020. <laughs> <laughs> so you did. You, you were co-hosting that, and then you premiered uh, on Fight TV for So Says Chernoff, mm-hmm. which is quite an entertaining comedic look at the wrestling business with a Thank daily you. show format. Really cool show. I highly recommend people to go out and check that out. Then. In the rise of AEW, All Elite Wrestling, you were chosen to host the AEW pre-show and do interviews and fight for Fight TV with some of the top stars of that promotion. So, overall, how would you describe 2019 for you? Uh, a whirlwind. It, I mean, absolutely a whirlwind. Um, and like I said before, you know that I was really fortunate with it, I, and I really, I really have been. I know it sounds so like you know. You're you're sitting there with any form of success and you want to be humble, but I really am consistently humbled by every single thing I've been able to do. Mm-hmm. Um, it you know it 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 kind of in the beginning would just shock me when people would give me opportunities because you know you always you look at yourself and you think well I think think I'm doing a good job, but for someone else to want to to listen to you or want to see you 
do this stuff and put you in that place. Um, you know, I was very uh, – some of the things that happened before the AEW – because that was in October when that launched. So what happened was I started with uh, – I started with uh, Fight TV in January of last year. And that gave me the opportunity in April of WrestleMania weekend mm -hmm. to go to WrestleCon kind of as a correspondent. Right. And uh, they invited me to – they kind of had a studio, a studio set up and invited me in um, – to do a, they were doing a, uh, it wasn't called fight, uh, fight fest. Yes. It was like a three day, 10 hour a day long thing. Um, and they had, uh, Cyrus and, and SoCal Val and Matt Stryker hosting that. And they brought me in. I was supposed to be in for like a couple of minutes. Mm -hmm. And I think I was on for like two hours. Um, and they kept playing my show and Matt Stryker and I developed a really good, uh, fun rapport with each other. Mm -hmm. Um, and from that, I think it was just um, – I don't know if that – that was like an unofficial tryout to do more. And I spent the rest of the weekend just kind of sending them content when I would go and interview people at WrestleCon. And, right. um, and yeah, from that, I think you know Mike Weber, uh, who's the, the COO of Fight TV, right, right. He, I, I met him actually that day. I'd obviously spoken to him on the phone, but I met him there, and I think he kind of um, got a good vibe from me and, and felt like I was able to kind of – handle the the being live which is you know that was the first time i'd ever done something live right so that was a a, a little nerve-wracking to say the least um but uh and to be sitting there with a guy like matt striker too you know you're sitting here with a guy who's called wrestlemania um <laughs> and you know trying just to not look stupid but right um so that was a really neat experience i think that opened things up and that and and then i kind of you know uh mike weber had, had giving me advice at one point in the wrestling business. And he said, uh, it's part persistence and part patience. Right. And it's a really fine line. And it's tough to sometimes figure out when you need to be persistent and when you need to just, you know, shut up and be patient. I like that. Um, but I was, uh, apparently persistent and patient enough, um, that, you know, we, I would, touch base with him and say, Hey, is there anything you need me for? Anything you need me for? And, uh, the opportunities opened up with Starcast uh, to do more of a correspondent role for them. And then the opportunities opened up, um, with, uh, ring of honor best in the world, uh, with that pay-per-view. Mm -hmm. Um, and I had the opportunity to go do a fight and focus, uh, for that, which was, I mean, I thought, being live with that striker was nerve wracking being live <laughs> by myself, um, you know, carrying this entire thing. And they start me off by the first person I'm interviewing is, uh, Joe Coff. So I'm like, wow, okay, this is, you know, I'm like no pressure here. Um, but, uh, yeah, so it, it, it's been a like a, to answer your question, uh, it's been a whirlwind. Let me ask you. Let me ask you something within that because you mentioned you know getting those live, you know um, interviews and being filmed mm -hmm. live in front of. Were there any prep? Because and I'm asking this because I recently did my first comic book convention panel uh, last August, and nice. it was a huge one because it was like it, they, were, they trusted me enough to do two. And um, I was more than enthusiastic, but also I was, you know, thinking like, wow, this is what I was living up for. You know, right. how much of a prep am I going to have to, you know, do for this? And it turned out to be better than it actually came out. And it was like over 300 people in there That's at, awesome. at the time. And I was like, wow, this I'm just going to just let it all out. W was there any prep for you 
in, in these uh, in the first few live segments? So you know what? Yes and no. Um, the prep for me was – I mean it sounds kind of funny, but there's no teleprompter and no cue cards right. or anything like that when you're doing these. So the biggest issue for me was what city are we in? Mm-hmm. What's the name of the pay-per-view? Uh, what time does it go on the air? You know, like all those little facts. That you don't want to do an by, R-Truth. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, by the end of, you know, an hour and a half or two, like AEW, I did two hours live. By the end of it, I mean, I could – Right now, I could probably rattle off all the facts about, you know, uh, AEW plus on Fight TV and Mm -hmm. on all that stuff because you're just saying it again and again and again. But that was a lot of the prep, making sure the really important message that had to get across because you're you're both interviewing. But then in between the interviews, you're also, you know, you're you're trying to get buys, whether it's for the pay-per-view or for people for the AEW plus. So, you know, for me, that was a lot of the the pressure. Um Unfortunately, um, the prep work – you couldn't really do the prep work uh, mm-hmm. because I didn't know who I was interviewing. Uh, so wow. um, I did know – I knew that I was going to have uh, Joe Koff um, be the first one mm-hmm. and I did not know anyone else until they would basically be like waiting in the wings. And then I would get maybe like 45 seconds when they'd go to like a quick commercial to just kind of like talk to them and, hey, is there anything you want me to say yeah. or whatever? Mm, um, right. With AEW, it was a little bit easier because I knew everybody. Right. Um, I've been lucky enough to be – I've been at every single AEW pay-per-view and backstage at a, every AEW pay-per-view um, since they started, right. uh, including All In, if you count that as kind of a precursor. The only one I wasn't at was the uh, – what was that? The Fighter Fest. It's the only one I wasn't at, but it, it wasn't really a pay-per-view, so right. uh, I, I think it was actually free, so that definitely yeah, doesn't was, count as a pay-per-view. So. <laughs> but, um, but no, so so by the time um, – I was so well-versed with, with the characters and the, the talents that by the time you know I'm sitting there and they're bringing people up because, again, I had no idea um, who they were going to bring up. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of just, okay, we'll wait and see. Um, but – you know, they, they brought up all these people. I, I knew who everybody was. So, and same with Ring of Honor too. Uh, so that got a little bit easier and you just kind of have to have your, your questions in the back of your mind that, that could kind of go to anyone, mm-hmm. um, to fill it out. Even if, you know, because let's say they, they bring somebody up and I'm like, all right, well, I've got, I've got nothing for you, you know, right. uh, then you can at least go. So, you know, did you ever think when you started your journey that you'd be here today? Like, that's an easy one that applies to everybody. But, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. But there was some, I mean, I'd say ring of honor. There was a lot more prep work, um, I kind of like looked because there were a lot more talent on the roster that I wasn't familiar with. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like tried to familiarize myself with everybody beforehand. But, yeah. uh, but yeah. When one of your signature gimmicks, <laughs> everybody has one. <laughs> one of your you sin- signature gimmicks is that you wear some of the coolest and most appropriate ties for the occasion. Who designs your uh, ties? Uh, well, thank you. Uh, her name is Renee. Um, she is a, uh, I guess an airbrush artist. Mm -hmm. Um, she does a ton of work on things that are much bigger than, uh, my little ties. Like she'll do (laughs) boats and motorcycles and stuff like that. Um, she was, when I wrestled, um, a couple lives ago, um, she airbrushed my, 
my gear. Mm. Um, I, so I think 20 years ago was when I had my first gear, uh, airbrushed by her. I, I get maybe like June was like 20 years. So, um, she worked for another company and then, um, had her own company that I, I had the stuff done with when I retired. Um, you know, that was kind of it. Uh, but then when I had the idea for the ties, I kind of started Googling and trying to find her and she had changed the name of her, her business. So I was like, Jeez, I'm looking kind through of annoying. and I'm trying to, yeah. And I like, couldn't remember her last name, uh, which I still can't. And you know, so <laughs> I, uh, I, but I Googled and I ended up, I found her, um, she had moved the location and I finally found her and, um, she does an amazing job. Uh, and I've actually, uh, and an amazing skill. Let's, let's also point that out too. Oh God. Yeah. It, it's, it's incredible what she does. Um, I know. And, I know. I know plenty of airbrush artists to be able to do what I saw on those ties, and and not have any bleeds or anything, and it doesn't even look like mm-hmm. it was airbrushed. No, I mean, there's. I mean, in fairness, some of it is uh, an applique that's on there. If it gets super, super detailed, yeah. Um, she'll sometimes put an applique kind of mixed in with the airbrushing. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, she does a great job, and I've actually had a couple of uh, a couple of wrestlers um, in some of the bigger companies have asked me, "Hey, you know, I, I'm looking for someone to do it," and so I've passed her number along. Um, and uh, yeah, she's great. Um, but the 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 best part is, you know, like I just went. I think I just ordered seven new ties uh, <laughs> with her. So the best part is, I'll show up with the ties, and we we just met. Uh, La- the end of last week and um basically i'll have like all these printouts of all these like different you know um pictures or different things and all these different ideas yeah. whether it's like a logo for a pay-per-view mm-hmm. or a company or whatever it is um or some like throwback ones which i really uh, i have a few new ones coming um I had done that before, like a Bret Hart inspired tie, and, yeah. and uh, I have a Shawn Michaels inspired tie from WrestleMania 12 that I've never worn. Um, so at some point, I'll have to I'll have to break that out. Believe it or not, but, I, I've, the one that I favorite the most is the one I think you wore at uh, Dynamite, which was like a stick of Dynamite with the AEW logo. Yeah, on there. and that's that was the thing, awesome. and that's thanks, and that's what's so cool um, about working with her is I'll kind of just give an idea, and I'll be like, for like for instance, with that, I'll be like. Yeah, you know, I was thinking for dynamite, maybe we could have some sort of like explosion thing. She's like, yeah, you know, we could do like a big stick of dynamite. I'm like, perfect. And then I was like, hey, can you put the AEW logo on mm-hmm. kind of like the old Acme, you know? Exactly. Uh, that's ex- that's the on. first thing I thought about when I saw that too. Yeah, and it always exceeds my expectations uh, when she sends me stuff, and it's it's incredible. My favorite one, I think, at this point, um, I wore a couple months ago on the show was the uh, it was inspired by the old WWF ring. Uh, so the red, white, and blue ropes, and yeah. um, she just and I just said there. I said I want something that kind of, you know, has like the turnbuckle pads in there, or whatever. And I like to add, you know, the S on there, the Chernoff S, and uh, and she just knocked it out of the park. And she's actually working on an Attitude Era one for me now. Um, oh, that's gonna be hot. Which yeah, that'll be pretty cool. And uh, kind of a Razor Ramon inspired purple tie. Which would be cool. So yeah, some really really neat things coming up. But uh, no, she's great to work with, and uh, yeah, it, it's a it's a gimmick that has served me well. It um, really, I, I, yeah, I, I believe that to be true. I mean, as a person who is a multimedia developer myself, and I love seeing great branding. My friend, you do <laughs> some great branding out there. Oh, well, thank you. And you know, and I try, and that's you know, 
it's just it's you have to and i we've maybe talked about this on the the last time we did this together mm-hmm. but um you know when you, when i was starting out bill was bill after was actually the one who said to me when i did uh, a video cast with him and he was like you need a gimmick like mm-hmm. you can't just wear right. a regular shirt and um and that's where i had the idea with the ties but uh you know one of the the things that's really worked out for me with it is uh like when i went to get uh my passes at AEW and they sent someone to go give me my passes at security and they're like well how will i know who it is and i go we'll have some sort of AEW tie (laughs) and like and they didn't even know that i would have one and i had it and then i go back and like oh man like i didn't know you'd have a new one i'm like it's a pay-per-view you know we got to step it up (laughs) but um yeah no I, i i love I love the challenge with coming up with new stuff with that and it's and it's fun and people I think it's you know people like to tune in and see what kind of tie I'm going to have you know so it's it's fun. Speaking of new things, you actually introduced this uh past year, now past year, the Sherney Awards um <laughs> which I felt like okay, this feels like a passing of the torch from the after awards but in your in your with your own spin on it. Uh how did that come about? Uh well, you know, for starters I was the one who had the idea for the after awards. Oh, is that um, right? Now I had the idea because Bill used to give away awards for Person Illustrated, right? Exactly. Back in the day, and I just thought, like, well, you know, give awards, why not? Um, That's become but, a time honor uh, thing too. I mean, like, there were wrestlers who really took that to heed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, then. absolutely. And you know, and I think still, uh, last year or not last year, I guess in 2018. You know, when we gave the award to Cody and, and to Tessa Blanchard and, and to the Bucks and uh, Ian Riccoboni and Cole Cabana, you know, I think they were all – like I know Ian, whenever he posts some of his videos, he still has that award up on his mantle mm-hmm. behind him. Um, I think it did mean something to them to get that award from Bill, and that was something I was conscious of. You know, every time you do – it's very easy when you're in – we always talk about in wrestling like the bubble. Yeah. You know, in the wrestling bubble or how the WWE, we always talk about WWEs in the WWE bubble, you know. Um, but it is very easy to be in your own bubble. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I'm constantly every day working on a So Says Chernoff or Josh Chernoff, the wrestling personality related project. Right. So it's very easy to forget that, you know, the rest of the world does not care about me and my projects as much as I care about me and my projects. <laughs> so, so it's, uh, Hey, Hey now, uh, I can say it. You can. <laughs> I'm speaking um, for myself too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, but, but, but seriously though, but that is, you know, that's the case. So I had the idea of like, I really enjoyed the awards at the end of the year. Um, and I thought to myself, like, well, nobody wants, what, what does a, a, so says Chernoff, uh, match of the year award mean to anyone. Right. You know what I mean? Like, no, like who cares? Like, it's nice, but it's the equivalent. Like anyone wins that or someone wins wrestler, you know, male wrestler of the year, female wrestler of the year. It, it literally carries the same weight as if any fan came up to them and said, you're my favorite wrestler of the year. Right. You know, because it's coming from me. It's not coming from someone like bill or from like a pro wrestling illustrated or, or, you know, any, any big promotion. So I looked at it and I said, Okay, but I still want to do awards. And what happened was, so I used to do for my friends, um, and coincidentally, it was 10 years ago. It was 2009 was the last time I did it. I did an award show called the All Crossed Up Awards. Um, 
And that was kind of an inside joke. And I would just do it on New Year's Eve um, with my friends. And we would, I would send out emails for them to vote on. And I did it for probably like, I mean, maybe a little, maybe like eight years or so. Um, we would do it like every year, maybe take a year off, but we would do it. And I'd print out these uh, awards, you know, <laughs> they would just get like a piece of paper. Um, but it would be like, uh, like restaurant of the year for our group of friends, like whichever restaurant we went to the most, or it would be like, you know, uh, like I know at the end of the decade we did, it was like group trip of the, of the decade, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. And then we would also do funny things too, where we would usually, you know, make fun of each other and do stuff like that. Um, and I thought to myself, I thought, well, that would be, you know, I used to do that. Maybe if I did these kind of fake awards, like these funny inside joke awards, but the, it, instead of me and, and a bunch of my closest friends, the inside jokes are me and, and all the wrestling fans. Right. You know, and that was that was kind of the idea behind that was, well, let me see if I can kind of do something funny. And I had the idea and I reached out to TTD who does uh, who did the graphics for he did the uh, logo. Mm-hmm. He does a ton of stuff for the major wrestling figure podcast. Um, awesome, awesome guy. Super talented. Um, and I got the the logo made and then I got so excited about the logo that I posted a thing online Let me that, you know, for a sec. Yeah. Tell me how value as a local designer myself and to, when I present a logo to clients, how does it feel when you get a logo that you've been picturing, you know, for some time and then you see it come in much like the ties, you know, how, how what is your reaction to that when you see that? Cause you, a lot of people have told me that they feel like their future, they see their future. Yeah. I, I, that's interesting. Yeah, no, I love it. It's um, it's exciting. Like to me, it's uh, it's that same kind of weird joy people get from a caricature of themselves. Mm-hmm. Like, you ever think about it? Like why? Like why do people sit down for twenty minutes for somebody at a theme park or something to draw <laughs> a funny picture of themselves? Like it's it's something. It's that same thing about when someone gets an action figure of themselves or something like that. Um, I think there's something you know even if it's not you Mm -hmm. but an idea you had and to see because i'm i i have some good i like i can see how i want things to be but i'm not the greatest artist to actually be able to sit down and draw it out right so i think if you're an artist maybe you don't have that same type of feeling but for someone who couldn't just sit down and create it himself Mm -hmm. To basically describe it to somebody and have them – it's like they pulled something from your mind and created something real out of it, right. if that makes any sense. So it is a really oh, – it it's an exciting feeling, and then you want to share it with everyone. And, yeah. and that's what I did. I, I, I posted the uh, logo like instantly. Like he gave it to me, and I just like threw it right up there. I'm like, <laughs> coming soon. And then I'm like, okay – I have no idea what this award show is even going to look like. Like right. what is it? You know, so I kind of backed myself into a corner, uh, which is when I do my best work, I think. But, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, that was kind of the, the idea where it all came from was a, a fun thing I used to do with my friends. And, uh, and that's where I actually, one of the awards was called the uh, cross up of the year. Mm-hmm. I used that terminology because we would always just say like, Oh, I crossed them up. And it was just a right. way we would say things. So yeah, that's, uh, that's where it came from. And, I think people liked it. I think it's. A, I think it is the start of something really that's going to um, start building over the years. Well, thanks. I appreciate, it. and I hope to. You know, um, I and hope it, to do it again. Yeah, next the wrestling year business and, is definitely going to give you enough to do it. 
I can tell oh you my that. god, they already have. <laughs> they, you know, I mean, I'll tell you the uh, thing that made the rounds on the internet was the the uh, creeper punch. Uh, the misplaced punch on Dustin Rhodes. Um, that happened the night I was recording my show. And so, you know, by the time I'm airing my show with a blooper of the year, mm. that is that pops up. I'm like, well, I guess that's a nominee for, uh, for next Honorable year. I guess, mention but, for the 2018. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But no, I mean, it, it it's, but it was a lot of fun, you know. It was, uh, and being able to do the bow tie was kind of a fun thing. Right. Um, but just, yeah, it was so. Um, it was just really cool. The response I did get a really good response from the from the show, and I hope to, you know, make it even bigger next year. Uh, I'd love to maybe try and get an even bigger audience for it, make right. it more of a, you know, a stage show type thing. Was something I've right. been tossing around. Um, what I but love about uh, the show, though, is the effort. The well, thank you. It's it's the effort because, like I said, I work with a lot of people, you know, with their own projects and their own things. And when I see somebody really put in the effort and the passion to really put on a production that people will, uh, appeal that it will appeal to people and in your target audience. I so respect that. And you and your entire crew put in a lot for that segment, for those segments that you do. And it's, it it shows. Well, thank you. I I appreciate that. Um, that actually really means a lot because, you know, it it is, there are some times when you're doing it and you're putting this extra effort in, uh, with the, you know, the virtual sets and the thing, you know, all the stuff. And, you know, part of it is me just wanting, wanting it to be the best I can make it. Right. But the other part of it is, you know, I really, there is so much out there mm-hmm. um, and so much quality uh, entertainment out there that I just feel like I need to do anything I possibly can to make this stand out. And I think, you know, any experience that I've gathered over the years with any film stuff that I've done, I think has helped to kind of give it that more polished look and, mm-hmm. um, you know, I mean, we're, we're, we're doing the best we can with it. And, and I think, uh, you know, people do seem to really enjoy it. I know fight TV really enjoys, uh, the production value and, uh, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that I'm glad that you see that. And I hope, uh, hope people do realize that we are trying to just put on the best show we can. You know, we never put out a, a bad joke, right. um, because we think, oh, it'll be funny to have a bad joke. No, I just was not funny that day when I was writing, you know, uh, or the audience just didn't laugh and, right. you know, but yeah, it's, you know, we're trying our, trying our best. Uh, there's trying and there's doing, I think you're doing definitely, uh, no, thanks, mo- most likely. Um, so let's get into 2019 last year when we last talked a, the elite, Announced it was it wasn't even that time the, the elite just announced at the uh, stroke of midnight of New Year's mm-hmm. that you know all elite wrestling uh, was coming. Yeah. At the same time when we talked on our show last year, Kenny Omega was not announced uh, that he was going to come after uh, you know come on to AEW because his contract wasn't even uh, up with New Japan. But right. remember we talked about the little hidden things on that on the BNA Elite shows that led me to believe that. Um, mm. WWE was beginning to decline in the ratings and the demographics with some of the craziest offensive, nonsensical form of booking and storytelling not seen since WCW 2000. Uh, 
Yeah, thank God they they changed that, right? And yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and then later the TNA to that extent. Um, yeah. So. And I'm going to give you a one-word association. In one word, how do you sum up 2019? Crazy. Uh, it was crazy. It was <laughs> and, and crazy in a good way, crazy in a bad way. Uh, it, it was – I mean it was nuts. It was – it seemed like every week there was something else where we were just like – how is this happening in 2019? Like, right. how is this something we're witnessing in either a, a God, that's a horrible storyline. What a terrible segment. How in 2019 is this happening? Exactly. To, you know, Chris Jericho walking out and signing with AEW mm-hmm. uh, or continuously reinventing himself, um, which I actually do have when we when we get to that. I do have a funny story about the uh, the little bit of the bubbly thing. Oh, awesome. But, <laughs> yeah, it's. It, I mean, it was always going to have a bubbly story. Oh yeah. <laughs> but um, your thoughts on the first few months of AEW, and as well as they had to head with NXT, and and talk about NXT's quality as well. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so starting with with AEW, um, a conversation I had with Calvin Tan, who is the he's the guy. If you've ever seen me live, he's the one nine times out of ten. Uh, holding the camera we met at, um, we met at uh dynamite from Clark. yeah and you yeah. you and he have a, a mutual friend right um and uh yeah so calvin and i at one point we were driving home i don't remember what it may have been after uh chicago um so i guess all out mm-hmm. um but we're in the car and yes we did drive from philadelphia to chicago and back because That's i just school. <laughs> yeah, well, we had all this equipment, and I just – when we came back from Vegas, I was so – like I just was like, I don't want to fly anymore. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? Let's just go. We'll have a good time. And we really did. We had a great time. Um, but uh, – old-fashioned wrestling road trips. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was uh, – I mean it was, it was a long drive. But uh, the drive there was filled with uh, excitement and energy, and mm-hmm. the drive back, we were exhausted. But, <laughs> um, but no, when we're talking about – you know, we're really talking about – just how much we've been enjoying um, AEW. Mm-hmm. And we had a conversation about whether or not we're biased, whether or not we can have right. – because Calvin has been there for um, for all the shows that I've been there. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've been backstage and we've been around the energy that is backstage in that locker room. We've gotten to know a lot of the men and women that work there um, and – you know, we see how hard everyone's trying, you know, nobody is phoning it. And I don't mean that to say that they are in other promotions, but right. I'm saying, um, because I really don't think, I don't think they are. And we'll talk about NXT. I don't think right. anyone there is phoning it in. Right. Uh, so I don't want it to seem like that, but, um, we're talking about it and we just looked and we said, you know, I don't know, like in a way, AEW, we feel like we've been a part of it, even though, you know, no, I do not work for them. And, and, you know, they've been very gracious to have me, uh, backstage there, but I do feel like, you know, I've been able to be around it and at least play the tiniest role in, in doing something with, whether it was hosting the pre-show, you know, for the launch and, uh, or, or doing the social media stuff for international buys. And, you know, so I, yeah, and that was something we kind of walked away. We're like, I don't know, like maybe, and there is no answer to that, you know, cause we really, uh, like, I love it. I enjoy it. I'm I'm incredibly entertained by it. Um, but at the same time, you know, I do see things. The Dark Order 
has not has not grabbed me and not because of the punch because god that has happened to a million people and it's something uh that i plan on covering this month on my show is mm-hmm. the hypocrisy of some of the people who called uh who called the guy out on that you know i mean uh it was just, the wrestling world just exploded over something that has happened so many times, you know, by people who are, are established professionals. Um, but you know, but in general, just the dark order thing in general hasn't grabbed me. Some of their little commercials have, but some of it in practice has felt, um, opposite of what the rest of the AEW product feels like. And, and, and some of it might be the masks, you know, coming out and doing that. And, and it feels a little, a little hokey, um, well, for those who've actually, uh, what is the promotion? Chikara. Right. You know, which is kind of like a, it's supposed to be like a, a, a cartoony version of Lucha, right. whatever. And which means also some of the masks are a little bit, and I believe those guys were like, they were the Super Smash Brothers before this, right? Yeah, I honestly don't know. Yeah, I think they are. I think they were known as the Super Smash Brothers, and I think they used to wrestle for Chikara. And Chikara, well, you know, and look, having a mask isn't a bad thing. I but mean, the God, quality at, of it, you know, like that mask compared to Juice Thunder Ligers. Well, sure, <laughs> but no, and it's not even. It's not even so much the the visual, mm-hmm. uh, the visualization of the mask. Like it's it's not that. It's the idea of it's very. Um, how can I put this in a? Uh, I want to say Memphis wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also – there's so much I love of Memphis wrestling that I don't yeah. want to use that as a, a negative. Mm-hmm. But I think maybe you know you cannot kind of understand – like when they would have like the uh, – um, whatever – like a mummy, you know, or they have <laughs> like uh, Frankenstein come out, like whatever. Like, it was that type of stuff. So right. it was very – you know, um, and, and that to me, like I look at it like you've got these incredible athletes – and then the next segment, you've got this guy who's, you know, deep, angry voice, and I'm going to hold up my claw, and I wear my mask. And I always kind of look at it of like, you know, the outside person who's like, yeah, I haven't watched wrestling in a while. Let me see what's up. Yeah, and they tune in. <laughs> and they look at, you know, if they tune in and they see the Lucha Bros versus, uh, uh, you know, the uh, Young Bucks, well, you may have just made lifelong AEW fans Absolutely. out of that. They tune in and they see these masked creepers running around, and you're kind of like, eh. like I, you're like, okay, I don't know. It's like maybe when you watch the Lucha Brothers; they wear a mask, but they're athletes. When you see well, these that's guys, my point. the ma- <laughs> wait, it's not the fact that they're that they're wrestlers wearing masks. It's the it's the presentation in general. They just happen to be wearing masks that in that instance. Look, in the same way, you know. Uh, Scott Hall came to the ring wearing a vest. Yeah. Well, a, a, a vest with no shirt underneath is not always appropriate. <laughs> oh, no. You know? and, and not for everybody. But for <laughs> him, it was it was badass, you know. So it, it's, you know, I, I think that same kind I, of thing can be applied to, to anyone. I get you know? what you're talking about. Here's a, here's a great example because New Japan, it, it's they have a lot of uh, – they got a lot of athletes and wrestlers. Who actually come out to the ring and, you know, I, I don't want to say cosplay per se, but they come out mm-hmm. with a theme. But right. the theme doesn't it doesn't dictate them. It doesn't No, it's part of their it's, it's part of their show. In in very Once similar, they take it off, it's they're athletes, they're wrestlers, they're they're pursuing a goal. Right. And something like that I would say is more um even liger. 
Right. But I would say something like that's like more comparable to comparable to uh, like John Cena coming out in Chicago with like the, uh, you know, everybody with with the guns and the and the old school mob yeah. thing at WrestleMania right, years right. ago. Um, you know, he didn't. It, he didn't start a new mobster gimmick. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. It was just a cool entrance. Triple H has have, had a million of them. Um, you know, it, it's it's so, yeah. And I mean, it's something that I, I personally think they do really well mm-hmm. um, in New Japan. So uh, they do that. But, yeah, then they just then they're them. It's just kind of, you know, what's your theme? Um, a guy like Rey Mysterio has has used that kind of thing and obviously he'll then wrestle in the full gear he'll always have it it's a comic book theme but or he's something highly humanized and, you know throughout the right but day. he's ray right he's ray mysterio right. so it's you know yeah something about this is just not not working for me um it's, but it's not suspending I, our dis- it's really not working on suspending our disbelief right and but at the same time everything else that they're doing for the most part really is working for me mm-hmm. and i i believe that since everything else is working for me they've earned uh me sitting back and waiting to Same see here. how this plays out you know and that's something wrestling fans just don't do uh anymore and i say anymore but they probably never did it but they I didn't have the internet the to fans, though. I, I think it's just this whole entire culture i think it's the whole entire the society for the last yeah. decade that we've had i mean we're like I, you look back. If you look back on the entire decade, it's been nothing but turmoil, mentally, physically, yes. socially, and yeah. it just it, it just resonated. It <laughs> resonated year, into everybody. the root. It resonated. I don't want to say the root, but it resonated right into the uh, world of you know combat sports, mm-hmm. not just wrestling, but like oh God, have you ever seen an MMA uh, on, uh, on social media? Oh, oh yeah, everywhere. But you, look, it's the same thing. You're going to have that in football, in baseball. I'm sure. I'm not a, a big soccer fan, mm-hmm. but I'm sure there. I'm sure if you are on social media for that, you know, there's a soccer match that is going on, and people are probably getting into big fights with each other over the dumbest thing. Like it's hell. Marvel movies. Just, <laughs> oh God! It, it, everything. It's it's literally I mean, it's just everything. a lot of displacement of anger in the past ten if, years. You know what? Honestly, if I went online and I tweeted that you know I got uh, French vanilla flavored coffee from Wawa, you know, overall, if you get enough retweets of that, mm-hmm. eventually two people who I don't even know yes. and who don't know each other will be in a a a blood feud now where they're threatening each other's family. Over if you know Wawa can hold a candle to sheets, and <laughs> someone's going to talk about how Starbucks needs to be, you know, how can you not be talking about that? They've earned their right in this, you know, the the, the business of coffee, and it's like that is what this this yeah I that's do I, I agree. In the that's the years. culture. Yeah, that's the culture. So I try really hard not to be that way when it comes to something that I love, like professional wrestling, and then. You know, the uh, Lana Lashley wedding happens, and I'm just like, <laughs> it's all out the window, you know? Um, man, can I give you a, 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 a soundbite? That sucked. Have a- uh, it, it was terrible. I, you know, and- I, I, wish I, could t- I wish I could agree with you, but I stopped watching the main roster a long time ago, as well <laughs> as I, I uh, unsubscribed to WWE Network. I just couldn't take it. <laughs> so here's the thing. I... See, I won't unsubscribe. The, well, well, first of all, because I, I get to my job, right? <laughs> but I wouldn't unsubscribe anyway because and I thank love, you for your services, by the way. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Some, sometimes it's tough, but, uh, no, I, I, you know, I love the network because I love to be able to, um, the other day, for instance, I was watching the first SmackDown of, of the decade right. and, uh, and I'm watching about halfway through and I thought, you know what? I'd like to see what SmackDown looked like 20 years ago, the first SmackDown of 2000. Wow. And I put it on and I was like, you know what? This is just – it's I'm more entertained. Uh, I was more hooked into a storyline that I watched 20 years ago. Right. Um, and I try to look at that and say, but that's me. Mm-hmm. But a kid who's watching it, you know um, – I don't know, maybe, you know, or someone who was as old as I was 20 years ago, you know, maybe they're watching it and, uh, and they're, go- and they would look at the, the one from 2000 and go, oh man, this is so bad. Look at this, you know, these guys don't even wrestle the way that they do nowadays. And like, you know, so I try to always step outside myself with it. But at the same time, I looked at the, the wedding and, you know, and I do believe that while I would never want you to have to subject yourself to watching it, um, like anything else, form your own opinion. You know, if yeah, I'm, cool. if you haven't seen it and I'm telling you it, it, it was terrible. Don't then go to someone else and go, Oh yeah, it was terrible. Right. Like, no, watch it for yourself. And Thank if you. you liked it, Thank you for pointing that out. <laughs> yeah. If you liked it, um, you know, then you liked it. I mean, you're wrong, but you liked it. So, right. you know, um, but no, <laughs> my, my issue with it was, you know, people were like, Oh, but the storyline, blah, blah, blah. My issue wasn't even the storyline. My issue was the um, – you want to call it sports entertainment, that's fine. You want to say, hey, we create uh, a television product. It's not wrestling. It's it's you know TV. Okay, well, the guy who was the uh, officiant at the, at the wedding there um, was atrocious from mm-hmm. an acting standpoint. Everything he said sounded like it was – he was reading it for the first time. Mm-hmm. So looking at it as a trained actor – I look at it and go, that's awful. Looking at it as a guy who once a month reads a teleprompter to do my show, mm. I mean, I'm, I am reading a script when I do that. So if you ever look at me and you say, wow, he sounds natural, which I hope you do, because mm-hmm. if not, tell me and I need to go, you know, and I'm sure people on social media will. Um, but I, you know, I, I pride myself in the fact that it doesn't look like I'm standing there reading from a piece of paper. You know, I'm I and that's acting experience. Well, him so in my comparison is, to, to hold on him in comparison to like Eric Bischoff. Right. I mean, <laughs> yeah. right. I mean, it was night and day. And of course, look, there was the I, I love that. That, that, was awesome. that was amazing. Um, <laughs> that's awesome. But no, this guy just did a really bad job mm-hmm. as an actor. Um, Lana did a. Uh, I thought a bad job as an actor. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, to me, it, it was, and and I'm sure it, people go, oh, okay, he's, you know, you know, crapping on her and doing, all, and, and that's not my intention. What I'm trying to say is looking at it from, forget even me, forget any ability that I have or don't have. Mm-hmm. When I would be in acting class, I would watch other people go up. I would watch them mm-hmm. and then I would hear what the acting teacher had to say to them. And the performance by Lana would have been, I mean, they would have broken it down and just gone like, Oh my God, this, you know, 
don't be so whiny. Right. Don't repeat the same thing again and again and again. And right. I don't mean sometimes you repeat it because you want to drive something home. But she just was like saying the same lines again because she obviously had lost her place of what it would because she was supposed to have been memorizing the thing that was then read afterwards. Mm -hmm. And I got all that. I didn't think it was good. I thought it was very long. I didn't think that it was uh, it was plotted out appropriately. I thought it was a very long segment, much like my description of it right now. Um, I thought it was <laughs> it went way too long. So, I mean, that was and that was kind of how I broke it down. The, the giant cake was like, come on, like, you know, Rusev's coming out of the cake. Uh, the Liv Morgan thing, I, you know, we'll wait and see. Um, I didn't I thought, you know, for uh, for it to be the end of 2019 and we're using uh, homosexuality for shock value. Um, the whole shock value thing, period, is just so. Yeah, it's, but it's but so the, played. Yeah, but the whole like, like the lesbian angle thing, like to me, it's just like I feel like that's taking a, a step backwards. And we already seen just, that like in ECW like ages ago. Yeah, when it was something yeah. new. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, so it's it, it, yeah, it, it just it didn't do it for me. If it did it for somebody else, mm -hmm. I would like to know why. But at the same time, if it did it for somebody else, then it did it for them. And, and guess what? At the end of it. We're talking about it, right. and that's you know. Um, I hate that. That's always a gateway excuse to keep doing this stuff. <laughs> well, you know what? You're right, and that's kind of the tough thing is is we we talk about how bad it is, but if you tune in next time, well, then okay, then you're doing exactly what they want. You're talking about it, and then you're tuning in to see what happens next. If you stop, like this is what I've said from the beginning is like when when AEW started up, I said from the beginning. There's so much I don't like about the WWE's product mm -hmm. right now. I want AEW to succeed, and I want WWE's ratings to go through the floor because I want them to get better. And then I want their ratings to go through the roof. It's slowly because, but surely going to that direction. In your yeah, and, but anyone who looks at it and goes, I want AEW to fail, I want WWE to fail, they're out of their mind. And, like, and they're uneducated to the point. Right. You're right, and I, you know, I look at it. I'm, I've this, I, I've taken over. I've gotten hot here on this conversation. No, uh, <laughs> I, I haven't go, heard, I haven't heard a table being thrown yet, so you're good. <laughs> I want to go back to you on this to host us into another, uh, another topic here. <laughs> well, let's do that. Let's segue over to a. Well, this is probably going to be the hot topic for me. This is going to be the table <laughs> topic for me. The video game industry. The oh video man, video game industry has been affected by the actions of wrestling, uh, the wrestling industry uh, for quite some time. Um, mm -hmm. As longtime uh, Japan wrestling developer Yukes, I don't know if you noticed, but the yeah. uh, guys behind, you know, SmackDown from way, way back, and they've been doing a 2K series up till now, mm -hmm. have decided to part ways, you know, with them saying that it's there, it's based on a lack of motivation to develop games for the WWE anymore. It was almost in the same fashion that they had the same philosophy that a lot of people were having. Uh, as to what WWE has been doing. So they decided to part ways, and they're claiming that they're going to do their own project. That's still to be determining what their own wrestling project is going to be. Uh, mm -hmm. by, by them leaving, by doing this, WWE 2K20 has become the worst wrestling game in years due to the lack of stability, glitches, <laughs> bugs, outdated graphics. Have you heard about the recent Y2K bug situation? 
<laughs> yeah, finally, it took it took 20 years, but Y2K <laughs> finally, you know, it got everyone, and much like we all feared, it would get us right in the wrestling game. What, um, I, what I thought, what I thought was hilarious about the whole thing is like one, we got. We finally get the Y2K bug. It significantly <laughs> is involved with a WWE game who created the gimmick of Y2K or Y2J. So in right. hindsight, you kind of thinking about Jericho, which then flips us over to AEW. Just like a six degrees of separation. Well, that's the thing. It's a Y. It was the Y2J problem. What happened was Chris Jericho debuting in 1999 prior to Y2K. Y2J is actually what held off the Y2K virus. <laughs> but when he left and went to AEW. You know, this is I mean, these are just facts. You can't you know, you can't dispute it um, without Jericho. Uh, we're all screwed. So, you know, yeah, that's it. No, I think, you know, I don't know what the uh, what the story was behind why this game was so bad with so oh, many glitches. I can tell you, Ukes was a heavy part of their game engine. Well, so Ukes, but did they leave before? See, they I left they at the still... middle of, of, of developing this game. They, yeah, I mean, and then, then another third party came in to try to fill in the gaps. And so they, Ukes they, was clearly they were responsible for yes, how smoothly for years. things were. I mean, they were. Oh perfect. no, like I, they were perfect. Yeah, like I, I mean, there were some glitches, but like people, people talk so much trash about Ukes for years, and I was a fan of the Aki engine myself, but I still understood how gradually they evolved their engine for quite a while, and even taking mm-hmm. something from the Aki engine. To some extent, and with them taking is that, the Aki engine is that like No Mercy? That's No Mercy. That's yeah. uh, WrestleMania 2000. All that stuff. Now let me NWO WWE NWO World right. Tour. Let me continue from this because it, it more comes uh, in Wrestling Darkest Hour. Here we have confirmation from Kenny Omega, Nick, and Matt Jackson on an episode of Being the Elite, saying mm-hmm. that they were going to be uh, developing a AEW game that was heavily rumored to be by the company from Aki Engine, now known as Sin Sophia, uh, that is coming out. But the thing is. That's still a rumor. Nobody it has been confirmed that it's those guys. It could be Ukes. Um, it could be anything. At the same time, just miles away from both me and you, uh, in Collegeville, PA, a company named Retrosoft Studios, headed by our previous guest on uh, Talk Time Live, Mike Herman, uh, mm-hmm. is making a sequel. I don't know if you heard about this game. Uh, I have. This- I've actually I've actually spoken to Mike. Uh, a few times i i got to meet him um it's great guy. a little bit ago yeah great guy um and we've actually talked a little bit about seeing what we can do together with that when the game does eventually come out as far I, as um, I can tell you promotional that. stuff and you know i played um, the uh early you know the early demo of that mm-hmm. there's a lot to be promised with that game yeah it it seems so cool um i uh i I think my entire goal is to just eventually have them put me in as a character, and uh, <laughs> that I don't. Be a bad idea. I don't, yeah, he's gonna go. What, what does it cost to uh, to advertise? I'll give you seven <laughs> years free if you put me in as a character. <laughs> um, but uh, no, I you know yeah, that's a such a cool uh, look back on that, and that's something. It's funny. It's something you know. My brother and I had always talked about, kind of like launching a, a game like that. Um, we had looked into in the past and you just have to know because my brothers, he's he had developed some uh, like uh, app games and stuff mm-hmm. in the past. Um, now he's just an author going writing 100,000 books. A day. <laughs> but um, 
but no, but that was something. So I can tell you that was something that we even just in conversation, but, oh man, that would be so cool. There was a wrestling game that was like, looked like the old school games. And so there's a market, there's definitely a market for it. And, um, you know, they have so, so many cool people, uh, involved in it. Um, that I, I, I think it's just going to be it's just going to be fun. I mean, you got I House of Hardcore, you got NWA Power, which, by the way, I want to ask you about that, too. And yeah, minute. we'll talk about that. But yeah, yeah. In hindsight, we have a which, seven part episode here, but I got nowhere to go. So <laughs> I find I have someone who wants to talk to me and hear my opinion. So I'm there you just, go. <laughs> just rolling. Do what do you think uh, as far as wrestling games is, um, go? How do you think is that? Do you think that that will play a big part in strengthening the fan base? Uh, you know, especially this year, because a lot of this is supposed to be rather announced or released this year. Yes, I do. Actually, I think that um, I think especially as it relates to AEW, I think AEW is going to see an increase in their fan base when a video game comes out. Um, Eric Bischoff said on on his show at one point they were having a conversation about how uh, he's people have come to him and said like that. They got into WCW because of whether it was like WCW, NWO World Tour. I, right. I don't know if that was the first one or the second one. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the games were just so good that people were like, um, like, oh, man, this game's awesome. What what is this? Mm-hmm. And, you know, they'd be like, oh, it's wrestling. Well, that's kind of neat. Well, let me see. What's the corresponding actual you know reality that goes along with this game? And I think – the AEW audience, uh, I think there really is a, a, a mix between like the gamer community. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's that same. I think there's a lot of crossover of that uh, type of fan. I think the things that they're into. Well, especially and when I, it comes to the uh, elite, mostly in particular uh, Kenny Omega. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but I think there's there's so right, and you have crossover in the talent themselves and the executives, and then you have you know which which right off the bat would make you go, this game's going to be excellent because Kenny Omega is a huge gamer, mm-hmm. and you know um, he's not going, you know, none of those guys are going to let anything, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there as a, a big action figure guy, an action figure collector. I am just waiting for them. I know they're going to do action figures at some point, and I'm just waiting to see who gets the license and, you know, what they're going to look like. And, um, you know, it's, it's, so that's the same way with, with a video game. You know, I think people are just, they're waiting for it. I think they're, I don't think they're going to disappoint at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're just, I, I think that that's going to help their business a lot. And I think that that's going to push the WWE because, you know, people only have so much money. And if you go, you know, two, three years from now and every single year, AEW has been presenting a video game that mm-hmm. is top notch and WWE is presenting garbage like, you know, this year, the which problem, I'm sure they're going to fix it. Well, the, pro- but, well the problem is, is that here's the thing. There's only three companies that has been successful in making really solid uh, games. Uh, that will be Spike Chernsoff, who does Fire Pro. That mm-hmm. will be that would uh, be uh, Aki, which is since uh, Sophia, and they got they hold right. the engine of that. And then Hughes, and then possibly RetroSoft uh, <laughs> Studios coming right. up. I'm not sure, but there's been three, and right now WWE is without any of those guys. Right. So, I mean, so Retrosoft to me, like that, that is not that that's for the old school 
wrestling fan. Well, for that particular game, but they're yeah. indie based, and if, but they if, if they successfully create a great engine, which is again from what I've from my experience, it off just the demo alone, it had a lot of promise to it. They mm-hmm. can probably transition into another company, get some type of other contracts. It right, can, it can be a benefit same, for them. Right, and I mean, they can also stay independent and having these independent wrestlers. I Very mean, true as well. That's you know, like I said, I don't think that that's you know going to bring as many people in but it might not be bringing outside people in but i think it could easily let's say you're you know you're me and you look at it and i go oh i don't know this indie guy but uh hey look they have the road warriors let me check Mm -hmm. it out and then there's this indie guy and you're just like having such a great time with your friends playing this and i'm saying like me like this would be me like 20 years ago but let's say you know i had any time to actually sit down and play video games with my friends (laughs) uh which sounds wonderful but you know, I could easily see myself going, all right, who is this guy for real? Who is this, you know, this cat, this one character in the video game? Right. And now who knows? Maybe I'm looking at this guy going, okay, well, where does he come from? Oh, house of hardcore. Oh yeah. Well that's in the video game. Oh, let me check them out for real. Actually, that's happening right now. That's kind of cool. That's happening right now because they're doing the contest in the tournament with all these indie, uh, uh, stars. And I, I think it's a great opportunity. I think it's an awesome thing that they're doing for those guys. Um, I agree. I absolutely agree. I, I love what they do. I hope they. I hope to see more uh, RetroMania wrestling titles, even before if they ever, you know, get a, you know, if they ever happen to get a contract outside of that. Mm-hmm. Just what they're doing for the indie community is bringing hope, yeah, and excitement awesome. and awareness, and, a, and and possibly the biggest way that they've ever had. Yeah, I think it's incredible, and it's fitting that a guy like Colt Cabana is involved in it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, because I think he really he. He changed the game um, with his podcast and with yeah. the T-shirts and with the everything. You know, he really did change the game. And, and uh, no, I love seeing stuff like that. And I think AEW is going to have a great video game when the time comes. Yeah. I like that they haven't rushed something out. Um, but I think they're going to because I think, you know, the 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 overarching theme with AEW to me has been these are fans. Yes. They're fans of the business from Tony Khan to uh to you know the bucks to cody these are people who love aspects of the business look what they're doing um as we record this you know this coming wednesday they'll be in memphis and they're doing a tribute to memphis wrestling they don't have to you know tribute to memphis wrestling isn't you know that's not drawing a crowd that's not drawing people tuning in you know what i mean right they're paying homage to these people out of respect and out of their own fanship for you know for that aspect of the business and you know to me that's like i said that's that overarching theme with that company is they're just they're trying to do everything right are they doing everything right no but who who in the history of wrestling has ever Right. Done everything right. There's never been a flawless show. Nobody's that I will consistent. say. <laughs> yeah, I will say last uh, last Wednesday was as close to a flawless uh, night of, of wrestling television as you can get. Oh, that was a great with AEW. Yeah. Um, and people are, you know, going they're up in arms over the ratings because they're almost half a million more than NXT. Well, NXT was a, you it know, was a was an award segment. show. Yeah. 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 So you can't I mean, that doesn't mean anything as far as i'm concerned that's you know nothing but uh check back in a couple months but um but yeah no i'm i'm excited to see what the video games uh but it was very it was a big letdown you know my my brother is always i talked about before he's he's a 
always been a big video game guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was always more of the action figure guy. Mm-hmm. But, um, we, you know, for years and years, I would just, you know, that would be a birthday present for him. Mm-hmm. I would get him the WWE video game because it was, you know, he was at a point in his life where maybe it wasn't just something he was going to buy for himself. Right. You know, maybe he wasn't going to have that much time to play it. But, you know, if someone gets it as a gift, you know, then you the you can make that time. But Wait, did uh, you buy it for him this year? No. <laughs> I was about to say, <laughs> well, I, I don't want him, him to go back I, to you like, what did you do? To, what did I do to deserve this? Yeah, right. Well, I asked him, I said, hey, uh, so, you know, your birthday's coming up and uh, I haven't been hearing great things. And he's like, yeah, no, I, I'm not interested in that. I don't have time for that. You know? he's like, like he would have time if it was something that would really engage. Absolutely. You know? um, but yeah, no, that's it, it, it's hopefully they'll do better. <laughs> the same. I mean, at all help. I, I mean, I'm really interested in seeing who they're going to acquire to help build that engine because it's. It's a niche amount of companies that works with it, but we'll yeah. see. This is the this is the intrigue of 2020 and this new decade that mm-hmm. we're about to enter anyway. So yeah. before I get to this, I got a game that I want to play. But before yeah. I do that, um, we mentioned NWA Power. I want to get your thoughts on that. Uh, if you checked it out and uh, what you what have you thought? Overall. I think it's really so. I think it's really cool. Um, I did not grow up watching that style. That's right. You were a like WWE NWA. guy, weren't you? Yeah, I was a WWE guy, but. I did watch USWA. Um, mm. It would come out on Channel 48. Right. Um, oh, God. And they were doing a studio show. And I remember, like, that's how I knew, like, the um, Truth Commission. Right. Uh, before they came to the, the, WW, the WWF. Mm-hmm. Um, I had seen them on there. And I would watch it, like, not religiously, but I'd watch it um, every once in a while. And I always thought the studio show was so cool. I mm. thought it was just a really cool, different uh, feeling. And I, I will be honest, I haven't seen every episode of NWA power. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's really cool what they're doing because they're trying to do something different. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, there's different and then there's really different. And what they're basically saying is this is what we are. We're a studio show. Do you like studio wrestling? Mm-hmm. You, then this is for you. You don't like studio wrestling. Okay. Well, we're, you know, we're, we're not arena wrestling. We're a studio. Um, sometimes I think like, you know, I'd like, there are some, some things I'd like, they, when I was watching before, maybe they've added it since, but they didn't have any music. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that is, they're, they're really, and let me, I'll help you with that. They really are trying to bring in, bring homage to everything about the old NWA style of production. And back then, actually, that's not true. Uh, back then there were music. To an extent, yeah. there were sometimes yep. it was music, sometimes because it, it was in in the eighties there wasn't too much of a big focus of doing entrance music, at least not until the pay per view time or whatever, or the Starcade time or whatever. But for the most part, you know, the, the studio shows weren't, and there are times when they do and don't. So there's, I think they're still trying to play around with things. Yeah, I mean, you know, look, they have to find their way and see what works for them. Yeah, I always like you know wrestling music. I think mm-hmm. that that's. Yeah, you know, I, I think it, it helps get a crowd pumped. It, it fills out the sound. Yeah. Um, but I think what they're doing is really cool. I think the concept behind it is really cool. Um, I love the promos. They are they're showcasing new talent while, you know, as you were saying, paying homage to the old stuff. Um, I uh, am long, uh, I've been friends with uh, Stu Bennett for, uh, God, 10 plus years. Mm-hmm. And he is. Uh, 
I, I felt that he has been sorely missed uh, from the wrestling business. Right. I know he was doing some stuff in England and all, but from the uh, at least from the United States scene um, and having him, I think he is just he is such a good talker. Another um, one of the most utilized underutilized guys. Yeah, I mean, he's just so you know. Um, I'm such a fan of his uh, as a personality, um, as a wrestler too. I mean, you know, great wrestler, but as a personality in general, um, I think he brings so much to wherever he is. So to have him, um, have him now on the on the commentating team, mm-hmm. um, I think is awesome. Uh, and I, and he, I, I actually, think he's doing a great job too. I'm just waiting for him to. When is he going to bust out and start going uh, doing some ring work? Because I, I feel like I see it coming. And he may, but at the same time, at the same time, I mean, he's, it's been quite a number of years since he's been in the ring and, uh, you know, he's got, he's acting and, and doing his, you know, uh, action movies and mm-hmm. stuff. And, you know, so he's, he, I think he's pretty comfortable where he is, but, um, but no, it's really, it's, it's really great to see him on there. Uh, they have a great, great crew of people working on it. I have mm-hmm. not been down there yet. Um, I, I would be lying if I said I didn't put some feelers out to fight TV of like, uh, you know, they got this show coming up. I don't know if fight TV would like a presence for the pay-per-view, but, uh, <laughs> you know, cause I, I, I would love to, uh, to go down and check that out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're, you know, we'll see if that happens, but, um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm actually a fan of it. It's, it's not, but it's, it's not. Def, it's not really f- my style of stuff. It's not right. what I'm a big fan of mm-hmm. uh, in wrestling, but I'm a big fan of what they're doing, if that right. makes any sense. Which is uh, a contrast from a lot of things of that we're value. seeing right now in, in a product. Sure, and I think there's a lot of value to to what they're doing. Right. Absolutely. So, all right, you did talk about a story about the bubbly, so I brought, I, let's talk about that before we get into the uh, okay. <laughs> prediction game, if you will. So, so yeah, talk about that. So it's a little like, so a little behind the scenes thing of, uh, which I'm sure will just get me, uh, thrown out of AEW. Um, but, uh, it's not, it's actually not a scandalous thing at all. But, uh, when that was filmed, they filmed Jericho's when he won the title and they filmed him coming back. Mm -hmm. Um, and everyone was kind of standing around and they filmed him coming through and he's yelling at people, you know, when he walked, first walks back, he's talking to the box and everything. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, the first time they did that, where the Bucks were standing, I was standing there. And they filmed this whole thing, and I'm like, oh my God, like I'm a part of this, you know, I'm, I'm on camera. This is incredible. This is, you know, right. a part of history here. And they did it, and they're done, and they're like, okay, we're going to be doing the press junket over on the other side, and we're going to do, and I'm more like, okay, well, we'll go see what's going on there, see if we can get some stuff for fight, and, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it is. Well, it turns out, that they something was wrong in the truck oh no and they needed to reshoot it oh no and they went to reshoot it and then that like just didn't something was now is like the microphone wasn't working or something there was like these issues which really were like not really anyone's fault there were just you know i mean you have to understand they were doing at the time they were they were filming a live post show right um, so they had a lot going on and it was like, everyone's like all over the place. And finally they're like, okay, we'll do it this third time. And the third time is what actually aired. And the little bit of the bubbly thing did not happen the first two times. Mm. And 
it's one of those things where you look at it and I remember when I found out afterwards, my first thought was, oh, man, like, I didn't know you guys were still filming. I would have stayed where I was. <laughs> right. You know? um, but the but my thought on that was like the, just a what a great story that is for, you know, luck in professional wrestling. The little bit of the bubbly thing is one of the most over catchphrases. Amazing. Uh, I mean, certainly of 2019, but one of the most over ones of, of the last decade, you know, and the, the, I think I had said on my show at one point, you know, prior to that, the most over thing was you just made the list, you know, which was also a Jericho thing, but the little bit of the bubbly thing, you know, you look at that and you go, it's that blessing in disguise. You know, when they were going and filming the third time, I think everybody, you know, I was talking to somebody back there. Who was just like, you know, they filmed it like, oh, my God, this was such a headache. Like we couldn't – I don't know what was going on. We couldn't get the microphone to work. We couldn't get that – you know, all that stuff. They had no idea when they filmed that that this was going to become this incredible viral uh, thing that, that just – I mean the T-shirts, the catchphrase, the, everything. It's just the, the bubbly itself. Yeah, but isn't that the story of Jericho's life? <laughs> I think so. I mean, I think so. But that's, you know, and all he was doing, I think he was quoting from uh, Dumb and Dumber when right. he did that. And, you know, it, it's like, it just, it, it's just amazing. Um, that was, you know, the story, like I said, it was, it's not a scandalous story, but it's something that I always, it, it's a little thing that I, I knew from being there that I thought was so cool because had that gone off the way they wanted it to, um, A, I would have been in it. Mm -hmm. And B, you never would have had the little bit of the bubbly line. Right. Um, right. And so I think that was the trade-off. You know, I think uh, that I, yeah, that was a sacrifice that I think I made <laughs> for the wrestling business. Um, but uh, but no, I just thought it was a fun a fun story that I would I would share with the kids at home. I tell you what, you're going to make a great book when the time comes. <laughs> Yeah, my brother's waiting. He's <laughs> basically, you know, well, because look, I mean, what better to have somebody write a book with me than my brother Wait, who was that? there for most of it and is an author, you know? Right. Um, so by the way, uh, Frederick Chernoff, go check out his, uh, ah, Atlantic right. Island series. Your, I saw the ads on, uh, on your show. Yeah. It's a little bit of, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know how he got those ads on the show, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. um, but no, his, like, his could it be a coincidence. What are yeah, but no, he's, 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 uh, he's, he's really great. Um, and uh, he's had a lot of uh, success, so I'm, I'm excited to see where that goes for him. But uh, yeah, at one point he will lower himself to do a uh, a book <laughs> with me, um, and uh, yeah, I think that would be that would be really cool. All the years um, of conversation of buying wrestling games is going to lead up to this. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's uh, no, I, I think that would be cool. But he, you know, like we joke about it, and you know, I think he's just waiting for me to do something uh, interesting enough that people are going to want to buy my book right but uh you know we're not quite there yet maybe oh no but I, i'm telling you it's inevitable well, i appreciate it I, it needs to be long enough that i'm out of the business so that i can tell all the stories and get myself that plus you want, you want to have such so many monumental milestone moments that you want to carry yeah i think that's what it's going to come to be i mean like like i said like you just the, you started just in the rise of AEW, and they just started themselves. They're in a learning yeah, and, process. But, but all they're going to hear is they're just going to read this and be like, God, this guy's such a mark for <laughs> AEW. My whole thing's going to be like – How many times have we read Bret Hart books? 
<laughs> I mean, yeah, but yeah, but no, they're just going to hear it and be like, you know, what really happened backstage? And I'll be like, uh, they were eating a lot of Swedish fish and uh, everyone was really nice to each other. They were playing Nintendo like, Switch the whole entire time. For yeah, like hours like everybody hours. was really excited and really cool and very welcoming. <laughs> and be right. like, that's the dirt on uh, AEW. Oh. But uh, yeah, just just cool people. Right. But All right. So. I got a game for you to play. This is part game, part prediction. All uh, right. Up for 2020. I call it Will It or Won't It and Why. Okay. So I got, uh, I think about uh, like seven questions, and now I'm going to answer. All right. So keep, is that your way of saying keep your answer short? Uh, well, no, because some, <laughs> some things may need to ration out a bit. Okay. But, and some things may not be just like clear. Some things just may be clear cut. So let's see how you, go, let's see how you do with this. All right. And there's no real wrong answer, to be honest. Okay. Well, that's so, good. All right. So number one, Vince McMahon will retire and uh, and hand over the company to Triple H and stuff in 2020. Will it or won't it and why? Uh, it won't happen <laughs> barring him having some sort of like, you know, terrible physical ailment that right. makes it impossible for him to, you know, to be to to function. Right. Um, no, it won't. I, I think Vince McMahon is as Anyone who works around him has gone on record that he will, you know, he's going to die at his desk, you yeah. know, if he has or he'll be he'll die at gorilla like if and, and that would be, I think, the way he'd want to go out, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, no, I, I don't think, um, you know, look, as somebody gets older, you never know. But I mean, he's really is he is he older? Yeah, but he's not that old. I mean, there are plenty of very successful people who continue to work and operate mm-hmm. for, you know, decades longer than, than you know, than he has. So I, mean, I, one I, thing I, to say he's overworked. Yeah. But I mean, overwork by whose standards, by my right. standards, God, yes. But, you know, <laughs> uh, but by his standards, I think he's, he's furious over the fact that he has to sleep physically, mm-hmm. you know, right. like I think if he could just cut sleep out, he'd be, he'd be happy. So no, I, I, it, it won't happen. Right. It's my prediction. All right, number two. Actually, technically, wrestling, technically not. The XFL will succeed. Uh, I think it will. I actually think it will. Second time's the charm? Yeah, I don't think that the amount of money and resources that have been poured into it um, would have been poured into it a second time around if not for the fact that uh, they're doing things differently. I also Mm -hmm. think... The relationship with Fox, um, with Vince McMahon and Fox and WWE and Fox, I don't know this. It's just conjecture, but I I feel like there's something there. I feel like there's something that's going to allow it to not get canceled in the way that it was canceled uh, the first go around. And I think in a lot of ways, the first go around, it was it, it its legs were cut out from it before it really had an opportunity to shine. So. Um, I think that it's uh, I think it's actually going to be successful. I think if their if their um, expectations are kept to an appropriate level, uh-huh. then I, I think they're going to to meet them. Okay, number three, will the WWE finally see fault and change their format for something more sports centric, like they were supposed to, and please Fox and uh, with strong characters and story development. I think that <laughs> I predict that they won't. Right. Um, 
but I, you know, a year's a long time. And I think at the end of 2018, they, you know, when the McMahons all came out there and said, you know, you're going to be the, you know, whatever, like you, you know, the audience is going to be. I think that's the last time I watched. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, and partially after that, to see what they were actually going to do, and felt like, oh, okay, yeah. And that was the thing. I think you know what happened there was there was a lot of intrigue of like, okay, hey, they're owning it. Mm-hmm. You know, let's see what they do. And then I think it was just awful, um, even worse than before, maybe. And and I think. I think a lot of that is going to depend, I truly believe, on AEW's success. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think AEW's success um, and I also think NXT's success mm-hmm. because I think if NXT does not capture an audience on the USA Network, um, I think that unfortunately some of the higher-ups, Vince McMahon and anyone around him might look at it and say – well, we try, we've got NXT on USA as a third brand giving you your your straight-up wrestling and your more sensible storylines. And look, they have you know a third of the ratings that we have for this stuff that you tell us is terrible. Right. And I think that you know, unfortunately, unfortunately, there's uh, you know there, there's that um, they, like you said, you know, people tune in. You don't like that. That's like this excuse. Like, hey, we're talking about it. But then there are three million views per video of the wedding segment on YouTube, and the WWE looks at that and says, "Keep doing it." Right. You know, look at the revenue that we're making from having that. You know, having all those views. Look at all these people whose eyeballs are on it. I look at that and say, people are tuning in because they hear it's terrible and they want to see for themselves, and then they watch it and go, "My God, this is terrible." Right. I would love out of those three million. I would love to see statistics on how long viewers stayed right. with it, you know, because that's that's a big. When I look at statistics on my show, you know, that's great. We could, if you know, we have you know five thousand viewers, but if those five thousand viewers leave after the first thirty seconds, that that's not a good thing. No. That means that our marketing was good. Right. That doesn't mean that the the product was good. Right. And that's, you know, that's something that I think WWE eventually is going to have to figure out. But no, I, I, I don't think they're going to do it because I, I think it's going to take a lot longer and it's going to take, I mean, if you look at the, uh, uh, how many years it took when Nitro debuted in 95 before the WWE really started turning things around mm-hmm. in 97 and really it was 98 before they really were, you know, catching on. So I think there's a lot of a lot of time, um, and 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 again, you know, I don't think the WWE would have turned things around as well had WCW not brought new people, uh, new fans in to watch. So, uh, you know, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll wait and see. But no, because when you said that, like, you know, when people, uh, you're just talking about how people will watch something even though it's bad, and you know, they'll still pick up on it and take it as a positive. It reminds me of an episode. I don't know if you watch the family guy, but if oh, yeah. there's an episode, I, I don't know if you remember watching it. There's so many episodes, but there's an episode where Peter reminds you that years, like almost a two, couple decades ago, and they showed this in its entirety, the video of David Bowie and Mick Jagger singing, dancing in the USA. And it was one of the hottest songs in the eighties. 
And looking back at it now. Oh, yeah. And it, they played that video to its entirety, and it's absurd. And mm-hmm. that these guys are such superstars that they did this, and we all dug it. And then years later, we look at it like, what the hell were we thinking? And then, yeah, at the I mean, end well, of the, that was, that was kind of the, the video, 80s in general. I know, but at the end of the video, at the end of the video, Peter looks at the screen or like breaking um, the fourth wall, looking at the screen like that happened, and you let that happen. <laughs> <laughs> That's how yeah, I, I mean, felt about like what's happened with the recent product. <laughs> yeah, but it's you know it's one of those things where it's like. I mean, God, you look at that with uh, the stand back video with Vince McMahon, you know? Yes, Um, exactly. But you, but, but times change and you wouldn't expect to be seeing something like that uh, unless you were trying to be funny. Right. You know? Um, But yeah, so I know, I don't, I don't think that's a good point you're making. Yeah. (laughs) But I don't think, uh, yeah, I don't think things are going to. Nah. change for the better no well with that said you mentioned nxt as well number four nxt will become the flagship show for wwe in 2020 uh i don't think that's going to happen i do think that nxt might find itself on more of an equal footing with the other with with uh some of the other shows mm-hmm. um i think they might see an increase right I honestly think they're going to have to uh, tour and be in yeah. arenas to do that. A lot of people, and not a, and not a yeah, and not a, a makeshift. You know, uh, we changed the ropes after SmackDown. Yeah. Um, type of thing. I mean, legitimately touring their own things the same way that AEW is touring some of the smaller venues. Right. Um, they were in Philly at the Leacore Center. Yeah. That's where NXT. Should well, be. Meanwhile, uh, NXT was at the Fillmore. <laughs> right, which is right. a very more intimate, smaller place to do a show. Right, and you know what? And and look, I mean, there's nothing wrong with them doing that and going to some, you know, some like the Hammerstein Ballroom and something right. that's kind of, you know, places like that. Um, but I think they need to tour because I think the while there's an energy around that Orlando audience, mm-hmm. um, I don't believe it translates. As well as as they want it to, and I think not in this day and see, age because no, I mean, we it, the, people will compare it to the ECW arena, and that was just a whole right. different. I mean, it was a different time. But it, the problem is when you go on TV and you're flipping back and forth between AEW, mm-hmm. even in the smaller arenas, AEW feels like they feel like an alternative to Raw or yeah. SmackDown. Yeah, and NXT feels lesser because mm-hmm. of the because of the the. Uh, venue. Right. Um, so I think that there's possibility for them if they start touring. I think there's a possibility that they're going to uh, to break out of that, and I think that they're going to have to. Right. They're going to have to start um, touring. I mean, that's what WWE did with the uh, the Manhattan Center. Yeah. You know, with Raw. With Raw. Yeah. Um, you have to eventually, and yeah, does that increase the you know the money out? Yes, it does. But at the same time, you know. I think you're going to get more people. Mm-hmm. You're going to get more money with people coming to the arena, you know? So that's just my, my opinion on that. Gotcha. Number five, ring of honor will sink even deeper uh, into a deeper downfall due to a lack of financial support of Sinclair network. Uh, I think it will. Um, I think, unfortunately, um, Ring of Honor, definitely, you know, uh, PR nightmare mm-hmm. of the year or whatever I whatever award they won. I think ever, ever, ever since 
the Madison Square Garden event? Yeah, I think, you know, Madison Square Garden was far more uh, New Japan than it was Ring of Honor in mm-hmm. the sense of the draw, you know. Um, Ring of Honor, uh, I was there live um, for the final two nights of, mm-hmm. of the Elite being there. Yeah. And I've been there since. And I've been to MLW shows and I've been to Impact shows. And I can tell you, MLW and Impact, some of the shows I've been to have had hotter audiences, larger audiences. Mm-hmm. Um, than MLW's in a the really same good venue. show, too. MLW is, yeah. They're really good. And, you know, in the same venue, though. Yeah. Uh, yeah, again. Ring of Honor. And, you know, the, the, the tough thing is you know, Ring of Honor, um, for a while, they've been resting on, on their reputation. Um, and, you know, I think I did mention that on my show that they're, they're resting on the, the uh, people that, you know, brought them to the dance. And From 2002 I, to 2000. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? But I also think that Ring of Honor is I, – I described them one time as the Saturday Night Live mm. of wrestling. This cyclical cast mm-hmm. where you, know, you can look at Saturday Night Live, you can look at it and you can say, oh, man, uh, nothing was better than Ackroyd and Mary That is a Belushi, great way of putting it. You know? Well, I, I, thank you. I, I and, love that. But that's – Well, I yeah. say that for because, again, as a person who was – my first Ring of Honor event ever was uh, – I forgot what it was, but it was the premiere of um, – it was the debut of Samoa Joe. Mm-hmm. And him and Loki had this smash mouth, hardcore, you know, not even hardcore, but strong style match. And I saw that live. And I was, and this was at the time when that company was based on some of the great, some of the best indie athletes from all around, rather the country or the world coming together as one. That's when you had your Ackroyd, your Murphys, your, um, mm-hmm. you know, your Gilda yeah. Ratners. I mean, you had all of those guys. But NXT is what Ring of Honor was right now. Right. But but <laughs> here's here's kind of my feeling with Ring of Honor is that Ring of Honor had that, you know, that reputation. They had their original. They had their, you know, uh, Joe and AJ Styles and, oh, you know, God, people yes. like that. That's what they had. Right. Uh, and, and Chris Daniels and, and everything. Um, of course, he obviously came back later. And Amazing, all, but, red, um, yada yada. <laughs> exactly right. But then, so you got Saturday Night Live. Well, all of a sudden, you know those guys are like, oh well, nobody's. Well, fast forward, you've got Mike Myers and Dana Carvey, mm-hmm. and like you know, you've got that that crew. And then when they leave, it's like, oh well, there it's gone. Then you have Will Ferrell coming in, <laughs> and you know, you have these people. Where you're like, oh, they're they're gone. That's not going to be anything. And then you know, then the next group, and the next group, and the, and it just continuously creates. You know, have they maybe not had the same uh, caliber of of class? You know, that so to speak, or of cast. Um, in the, in the past, you know, where, where you could look, yeah, there were times in Saturday Night Live, just like there were times in Ring of Honor, mm-hmm. where you could look up and down the roster. Right. Everyone was future stars, Oof. you know? I mean, look and what it did for Jay Lethal you, and, and the Briscoes. Right. Well, maybe you look at it now, and it's, you know, it's not everyone's going to be future stars, but you still got a bunch of people in there. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's the thing, you know, I think, um, I think that there are a lot, they have that, that potential. But, there are a lot of other places. There's NXT. There's Evolve. There's Pro Wrestling Guerrilla. There's uh, Impact. There's you know. There's all these different MLW. There are other places now, and mm-hmm. that's the thing too. Ring of Honor was kind of like the only big indie for a really long time, 
And now you've got these people who are like, yeah, I'm just going to go to Game Changer Wrestling. I'm going to go to this right. thing. I'm going to go to that thing. And, you know, so I think that's the – if Ring of Honor for the first time in a long – maybe ever, they need their, their – they got to get their house in order. Yeah. They need their company to have prestige to make people go, you know what? I was offered MLW. I was offered Ring of Honor. Right. I got to go Ring of Honor because, man, look at the quality of what they are. And I don't know that that's where they are right now. Sinclair doesn't seem to be taking care of them the way that they should. That corporate aspect um, is really, I think, def- uh, affecting. Badly. Yeah, I mean some of the things that came out uh, that Joey Matthews put out there just don't look good yeah. on them. And and look, you know, like I've commented on it in the past, but look, you know, there, there's there's – three sides of every story you know what i mean um and i think there's there's a truth in there somewhere um but yeah it just it doesn't look good on the company and uh i think that they are going to get worse before they get better and i think that we might see we might see them uh bought by someone bigger um you know and what does that mean does that mean wwe buys them and they go away and that's it or does the WWE buy them and keep them as a feeder to NXT right you know i mean it, it's i would does, say if that's if that's to ha- if that was possibly to happen they do have i in my opinion i think they have a great enough library to to buy uh, mm-hmm. maybe not in the oh, same yeah. denomination as a WCW or whatever but they have with all the talent that they have now and that they kind of groomed to for their format Oh yeah, they there's a lot to take in here. I would oh man, the love stuff, for them to with, have their library. Just with AJ Styles and Samoa Joe and Daniel Bryan. alone, and Daniel Bryan, and, oh god, and, or Brian Danielson for that matter. I mean, like, oh my god, I, yeah. I, I, I was in some of those film tapes too. I was, I mean, it, yeah, it's some I mean, amazing, amazing matches in there. The, yeah. the, the CM Punk versus uh, Joe trilogy. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness, that, unbelievable! That, that, so that much stuff they could put yeah, out. Yeah, they, and they now having you know. Library. Yeah, I mean to be able to have and, – and, and you know there's there's value to it. Like, let me ask you, would you consider getting the WWE Network again if they honestly, all of a sudden said, honestly, hey, we've got a ring of honor? Plus they, plus they have Crockett. I think I would mm-hmm. pull back. I think it would bring me back just for that. Yeah, because that's the thing. You, you can look at that and you can say, oh my god, they have every single television show, pay-per-view, live event they've ever done with Ring of Honor is available on the network. Look, Josh, if you look you at know. that, if you look at that library and you see what they what Samoa Joe was doing for two years in that company, and then see what they're doing now. Oh yeah, well that's <laughs> oh, the thing. Yeah, my god, contrasting might not be in their best interest, but um, yeah, no, I, I I would like to honestly. Um, in a way, I'd like to see them bought and see some people who are under contract have opportunities elsewhere. I mean, I'd hate the idea of them being shut down. Yeah, I'd love to see them bought by someone bigger and continue to run and know that um, they would do right, do right for. Yeah, because there's some really talented people. Um, Again, Jay Lethal, yeah, but there's so much. I mean, honestly, yeah. I mean, look, uh, uh, don't sleep on a Ring of Honor invasion on NXT. I mean, that could be something that that really gets that that niche group yeah. uh, excited. Imagine that the Briscoes come running out, you know, Jay Lethal, like people, you know, um, Jeff Cobb versus uh, Keith Lee. 
Oh man. <laughs> God, that would be amazing. Can't yeah. But I mean, you know, so there's, there's potential there. And, uh, um, I don't want to see, you know, that, that's something in, in 2020, I don't want to see anyone go away. No, I want to see people work together more. I want to see, uh, people build each other up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not, I'm not naive enough to say, Oh, I want wrestlers to build wrestlers up. No, like I want to see companies build companies up. I want to see the companies get bigger and bigger. And then, you know, that benefits the athlete and that benefits the people behind the scenes that benefits people like you and I, mm-hmm. you know, who have our shows that are, you know, that, that piggyback on the success uh, of wrestling and in, and in some ways in my regard, you know, the failures, but right. you know, I want to see, I want to see success in the industry. That's what I want to see. And anyone else who, who wishes for anything other than that, they're, they just don't, they don't get it. They, they don't really get don't it, get and it. And they have, and it is based on their own problems, not this. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just put it like absolutely. That. And segueing from that, what you just said, uh, question number six, new Japan pro wrestling departs with ring of honor and actually works with AEW despite the fact of what just happened over just past weekend with uh, Wrestle Kingdom. <laughs> right. So well with Wrestle Kingdom, uh, what's the term that they were using about the the, the portal. forbidden door? It's the forbidden portal or the forbidden yeah, door. Yeah. Whatever it is. That's yeah. So uh, so there's so many there's so many moving pieces here, right? Mm-hmm. Uh first of all, I call that the crack in the ice by the way. Yeah, I mean look, the 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 First thing is, I'm pretty sure they're done working uh, with Ring of Honor and New Japan. I think that's over with. Um, you, well, you, well, did we say that? But I just recently, uh, I watched Wrestle Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, Drag or Ryu Lee now is what he's called. Um, came out with the television title for Ring of Honor. So I don't know where <laughs> yeah, that it's maybe uh, a hint but, of something or whatever. I mean, that may be. As much as uh, as like a uh, hey brother, you think I can bring the belt out with me? But at yes, the same time, we, we saw we, yeah we did see the AEW title too, so I don't um, know. It's you also don't know you don't know what the relationship what the relationship was. You don't know when that that agreement was made. Right. You know, um, for instance, everybody looks at it and says, "Oh, Chris Jericho has it." Well, first of all, look that was good business. Oh yeah, it was to promote. You know. Um, to promote this the the way that they did, um, it's it's a good working relationship. Uh, you know, New Japan, they're not stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, they know that you put the AEW guy, the AEW title on there, and you're gonna spark interest. And it did every it, single AEW fan. That that Japanese crowd got it was a great reaction to that. Yeah, and I mean, and in turn. I mean, why would that? Why would AEW not want to have that on there? You know, so it, it's to me it was, and then at the same time, it's as simple as them just wanting to keep Chris Jericho happy. Mm-hmm. You know, if Chris Jericho walks in and says, "Hey, I, I really think it'd be great if I brought the belt out with me," and they go, ah, "I don't really like it," and he goes, "Hey, look, man, I got to do it because you know I want to keep this relationship healthy and all," and they go, "All right, Chris," you know, like, and I'm not saying that that's what happened, but mm-hmm. who knows? And it's so it could be as simple as that. But so I think, yeah, I think they're done with Ring of Honor. Um, at the same time, you know, obviously they lost their American TV deal mm-hmm. um, because of the relationship. Uh, I, I just think that access you know, TV with, really dropped the ball on that. 
Well, but at the same time, Access TV has their own wrestling company. I get it. You know, and that's kind of <laughs> yeah. But I mean, that's that's the thing. And from the rumor that went around uh, was that um, that they offered that to to New Japan to work with Impact, and New Japan didn't want to. Right. And to me, New Japan turning down working with Impact makes me feel like New Japan knows or at least feel strongly that they have opportunities elsewhere. Right. And I look Bigger. at it and I, I look at it this way. Why, you know, I know the bucks in the past have said, no, I'm not going to be working with new Japan. It's not going to happen. Um, first of all, that doesn't mean if they start working with them, that doesn't mean they were lying. Doesn't mean they were, you know, kayfabing everyone. Change and it, it, right. It, it means it's business. Hey, it means look, this year we, we almost lost Spider-Man to uh, Sony. And yeah. if not for Tom Holland, you know, you know, really emotionally uh, putting himself out there. Yeah, we would not have seen another Marvel Studios movie with Spider-Man. Which would have been awful. Yeah, okay. which would have been yeah. awful. And and that's you know, so the you know, there. I think they can do good business together. And I think if the wrestling business has taught us anything, it's that business. You know, making money together mm -hmm. that 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 solves a lot of disagreements very very quickly. Um, and I think that, you know, not having a U.S. Uh, TV deal for New Japan mm -hmm. and AEW having – so look at this. Let's look strictly from a fight TV standpoint, yeah. point, right? So to my knowledge, the only way if you're a Japanese wrestling fan – and I'm sure someone's going to say, no, they can go on this or that. Mm -hmm. But to my knowledge, I believe that AEW Plus on fight TV – is currently the only or best method to watch AE – I believe it's the only way to watch AEW Dynamite live in Japan mm -hmm. is with AEW Plus on right. Fight TV. So right off the bat, AEW having a presence in New Japan makes sense. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, the only – And I, I didn't mean, think about it from that standpoint either. I, I don't think right. that's been talked about. <laughs> so they're looking at it going – Okay, the only way is through Fight TV. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, who is airing New Japan uh, in the States? Who is airing Wrestle Kingdom? Mm -hmm. Fight TV was airing that, you know? And yeah, you, I'm sure you can get it elsewhere and everything like that. So I'm looking at that going, well, right off the bat, there's a, there's a thread mm -hmm. in this one streaming service that can kind of bring things together there. Right. And then you've got people who, you know, if you look at it and you say, okay, well – that's their only way of being seen is fight TV. Well, on mm -hmm. the flip side of it, that means that AEW doesn't have its own television presence in Japan. Right. So what they're going to want to do is they're going to want to make sure that they're getting that audience, that Japanese audience in any way that they possibly can, mm -hmm. you know, and get them and say like, okay, well, how can we get that? Well, let's target all of the new Japan people who are watching New Japan on Fight TV, right. let's target them so that they fall in love with AEW. And I think that, you know, it, it's, I think that, long story short, there are benefits of them working together. Mm -hmm. um, but there's a lot behind the scenes that, who knows, you know? Um, but I do think, so yes, I do think that they're going to be gone from Ring of Honor and their relationship. And I do, I do think they're going to work with uh, AEW. Does that mean you're going to have, you know, how tight is this working relationship? I don't know. But but I think you're going to see some more stuff um, that maybe is outside of the individual contracts and deals 
that uh, Moxley and uh, and Jericho have. You know, right. Understood. Understood. All right. One last question of this. And before I do, thank you so much, Josh, for being on the show. This is awesome. It's always a great time to have you on. Dude, thank you for having me. Honestly, you know, halfway through, I just forget we're even recording the show, and I'm just, <laughs> I'm just enjoying talking wrestling with a, you know, a fellow fan and friend. You know, that's that's really what I just. I, if, I have look, a blast if possible, I, I would love to make this a uh, annual, you know, look back type of thing. Yeah, man, I'd be happy to do that. I mean, you're, you know, I, I'm sure your fans, of your show, are groaning right now, going, "Oh my God, we're gonna have to listen to." Oh boy, I know, I know, a lot of my fans are wrestling fans in here too. So they, <laughs> look, I always no, point man, out, like, it. if you're a wrestling fan, um, this is gonna be for you. You're, yeah. you know, this is my present to you. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, I appreciate, it. And, and yeah, before we get to that last question, I, I really appreciate you having me on and uh, and letting me promote my uh, my show and and. Um, Hopefully I'm going to have some other, you know, I'm working on creating some more content and, uh, some other stuff that I'm hoping in the next couple of months will, will be happening. So I'll be able to, you know, maybe come back and tell you about that. And, uh, yeah, man, but, uh, no, I really appreciate it. Appreciate you having me on. Not a problem. So final question of this great game. <laughs> yeah. The wrestling is the wrestle. The last question will be the wrestling industry will have a boom period this year. I think they will, uh, but I think it's that they will continue to because I think 2019 was a really big year for wrestling. And I think it it just was – I think everything just started falling into place in 2019. And I think uh, if we all keep pulling our weight and doing our part um, as fans or as members of the industry in any way, shape, or form Mm – I think 2020 could be one of the best years in recent memory uh, in professional wrestling. I, th- I think there's with AEW um, and all of these independent promotions. Uh, I think there's, you know, even talking about, you know, with the, the video games coming out, you know, I think there's, I, I think there is legitimately, there is legitimately something for everyone out there. If you are someone who has ever been a fan of professional wrestling, I think if there were parts of WCW that you loved, I think AEW is, is is right for you. I think they're showing a lot of the great parts. If there's uh, you know parts of of a of WCW that you you love to hate, I think uh, WWE has the corner marketed on some of that uh, the mark yeah, corner mark is that right? I don't yeah. know. Corner market yeah, that, will go that with works. that. That's fine. Yeah, we'll go with that. Um, <laughs> The mar the corner mark. It's like uh, what's uh, Bruce Pritchard's uh, fresh paint of coat. Um, maybe we can sell some uh, t-shirts off of that. Had the uh, market cornered. Um, yeah, the corner marketed on uh, on that. Man, we should we should have ended this before. Uh, but uh, um, I need more to go coffee. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, this is my way of going out here, kicking off the year. Um, but. Uh, no, I think that there's there is something for everyone. Uh, NWA Power mm-hmm. is providing that that other thing. If you were an old school fan of of studio wrestling, I think there is just you know if you go, oh, I love the old hardcore deathmatch stuff. Man, right. Game Changer Wrestling right. is giving you that stuff. You know, it might not be my cup of tea, but they're knocking it out of the park. Right. Um, so there's something for everyone. So I think I think 2020. If you claim to love professional wrestling, you have no excuse not to be watching it because there is a professional wrestling 
show out there for you. I'll give you a counter uh, added on uh, to that. If it's going to be a boom period, will it be based on a particular wrestler or a particular match or a particular um, situation? I think it's going to be a combination. I think oh, you nice might way to have save, that... nice safe answer. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. But but I'll elaborate on that. I think I think it's going to be a combination in the sense that I don't believe we're going to have that Stone Cold Steve Austin mm-hmm. or The Rock mm-hmm. or the Hulk Hogan or you know I don't think we're going to have this year in 2020 that breakout one star. But I think that's the reason I why do... I never made that a question this year for this yeah, year. Yeah, I I think that. I think what we're going to have is I think we're going to have uh, where the the sum is greater than the parts. Mm-hmm. That's what I think we're going to have. I think where you're going to look and, and you might say Cody Rhodes, is he uh, the level of Stone Cold? No. But when you you know when you put Cody Rhodes together with the Bucks, mm-hmm. together with an MJF, together mm-hmm. with a Chris Jericho, together with all that, you're creating a product that people are going to want to tune into because every segment has something that they're going to that that they're going to going to want to watch. And again, the I think that's way. the reason why I didn't make that a question because I think the overall it was like it, it, the whole and not one part made right. what made AEW what it was. The same can go for NXT. Right. And what was your what was exactly your question again? I want to make sure that I'm well, well, you know, the counter question to that was, you know, will it be based on a particular wrestler? A right. Because it wasn't. Match? An offic- right. right. You know, in fairness, it wasn't an official question. Right. Um, right. It was right. a bonus question. Right. Exactly. No. But yeah. So I do. <laughs> right. So that is my feeling. Like you, you talked about Keith Lee. Right. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal talent. Yeah. I love watching Keith Lee. Uh, He's the, he, the, I call him Dusty Rose with a Kung Fu grip. <laughs> no, but I mean, you you look at him. You look at uh, let's look at Adam Cole as an mm-hmm. example, right? Again, is Adam Cole going to break out like The Rock? No. Is that a, a a knock on him? Absolutely not. I mean, you're talking about comparing him to The Rock. Right. You're saying, you know, you're talking about comparing him to Stone Cold to Hulk Hogan. Is Keith Lee going to break out that way? No. But Keith Lee plus Adam Cole mm-hmm. plus you know having Finn Balor back there plus. This guy, that guy, everyone – again, and, I'm, and I only mentioned the men. We're not talking about the women right. in, in NXT oh, and in guy. AEW, uh, which I, I think AEW is great. I think NXT has a stronger women's dude, division. I agree. Rhea Ripley? Um, oh, yeah. But again, Rhea Ripley, is she going to break out you know into – you know? I think no. if anybody has the potential of doing that, it could possibly be her. Right. But the, the thing is what I'm saying is you look at it and these, they have the opportunity to – as I said, again, the sum being, you know, uh, greater than its parts. Right. And I don't think that that's a bad thing. And I think that the people listening to that wouldn't even the, the people I'm talking about, if they heard that, wouldn't even take offense to that. Right. Because I think I think that, you know, they're all incredible talents uh, and not just athletes, but talents. I think they all bring something unique and something uh, that that intangible. Mm-hmm. But. No, I don't think, and maybe it's a culture, a culture right now. I don't know that we're maybe set up to have that breakout star in the same way. Right. But I think that you know, I think there is potential that that together. So no, I don't think there's going to be one person, mm-hmm. but I do think that that boom period can come from a collection of all these people. And I think from the main roster of WWE, um, 
for Raw and SmackDown. I think that there is enough talent there. God, there's enough talent there. Yeah, it is. That if they just do it right, um, you know, it could be great. It, it really could be. Honestly, I've always said even from 2001, I'm like if, if, if Vince really wanted to – he could have he could have maintained the momentum that he had from like ninety six on, to be honest. Yeah, I just I, feel like he he just allowed ego to let you know him do whatever he wanted to, and it just came up. It I, fell to this point. Yeah, I mean ego or complacency or mm-hmm. being in you know we talked about the the bubble yeah before being in the bubble mm-hmm. and you know I think I maybe I'm wrong here maybe this was all booked ahead of time mm-hmm. but I feel like a reason that. Um, the first show of the new year for AEW was so damn good was that week off uh, for Christmas. Yeah. I think that the fact that they were not touring, doing their live shows or whatever, I think the fact that they had two weeks to just take their breath and just go, all right, uh, what's our show look like? Here's what it looks like. All right, let's go over it bit by bit. Right. And not where it's like, okay, you have 40 minutes to go over this. Uh, entire thing and then we're going to tear it apart and we're going to do this and we're going to change that and we're going to do that and you know I think there's just too much I think sometimes less is more and I think that you know the WWE being this non-stop touring they, I think if they took a week off um, you know absence makes the heart grow fonder and, mm-hmm. and I was really looking forward to AEW coming back and I think that if Raw was off for a week uh, maybe you know, maybe that would be an opportunity for them to stop and say, or okay. they, or their talent taking breaks for a bit to come back and with circulating their talent, yeah, absolutely, like cycling them in and out. Mm-hmm. Why not? Why not? I mean, it's it's you have that opportunity, and it's you know, but you and I talking about this on a on a on a interview here isn't going to do it no. because they know this already, <laughs> right? And exactly. You know, and I just hope that. Um, I hope they're working towards it. But one thing that I will say is I do believe you know, it's very easy to look at some of this stuff and go, they're not even trying. Mm-hmm. I don't agree with that. Mm-hmm. I think they are. Um, I think they're – I really do think they're trying. I think the the wedding segment being as bad as it was to me wasn't for a lack of trying. I think it was a lack of, uh, of follow-through. Mm-hmm. It was a, a, I, I don't think – I think it was bad acting, and I think it, it went on too long. Right. Um, you know, that's just my opinion on that. But, yeah, no, I think 2020 is going to be a really good year for wrestling. That I really I do. That yeah. I agree. Josh, thank you so much for being on the show once again, man. It was awesome. Thank <laughs> you, really man. I really enjoyed this. I, I really appreciate it. Um, this is I'm a great plug- – first of all, you are the first guest of 2020, and what a great way to start it off. <laughs> oh, man. No, I really I – I appreciate you having me on. Um, I hope that anyone who's listening who's not familiar with me, uh, A, I hope you're still listening um, because I, <laughs> I can ramble on. But uh, I also hope that you guys will, will check out my show. Um, you can go Fight TV, uh, fight.tv and, and, uh, or download the app, uh, mm-hmm. which I'm sure – I mean if you're a wrestling fan and you don't I, have I the have Fight it. TV app, yeah, you got to <laughs> have that. Uh, so much free content. My show is free content. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, some great pay-per-view events on there as well. But uh, so says Chernoff. It's S-H-E-R-N-O-F-F. And, uh, yeah, and follow me at so says Chernoff. Uh, follow the show at Chernoff Show. Um, and go to YouTube.com slash so says Chernoff. Um, yeah, and just, just, you know, check it out. Send me a message. Uh, tell me what you love, what you hate. Um, I love interacting with fans and uh, – yeah, it's uh, it's been a, a great time being on here, just being able to catch up with you, man, and uh, 
appreciate it. I really it. appreciate you having me on. Definitely. Oh, you know what? I forgot to ask the one darn question. You interviewed a lot of AEW folks this year. What was your favorite? Oh, man. Uh, if, you had to, if you had to sum it up to one. Because I, I got a favorite of mine that I like, which was pretty funny. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, I'm trying to think what my favorite one. I, I, I loved um, – I really enjoyed interviewing uh, Tony Schiavone. I figured you were going to say that one too. Um, I just love Tony. I think he's that that a great had to guy. been like one of those one of those great milestone interview moments. They're like this guy's legend. It's one of my all time yeah. favorite commentators. Oh, absolutely. And uh, um, I really enjoyed that. Uh, it was, I mean, you know, uh, so from enjoying to, from AEW people, I would say. Maybe the best, just if you put everything together, mm-hmm. uh, maybe Dustin Rhodes, mm-hmm. just the just the opportunity to be able to do that. But it really maybe a tie between him and, and Tony Schiavone. Um, and I'm probably forgetting some, uh, and that sounds so conceited. You know? um, <laughs> well, after a while, when you start the, building I mean, them up, man, it, it, it yeah, I've, you know? I've been so fortunate to mm-hmm. interview so many. Uh, people and you know, I, started, I had a quick interview on my show with Jerry Lynn. Mm-hmm. Um, that the uh, I, I think the, had we been filming us just BSing before we started rolling, yeah. that was even more entertaining. Um, <laughs> and uh, he, I, you know, he's fantastic. Um, but of course, you know, it was fun with the Bucks. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, everybody on there. Uh, Aubrey Edwards was a lot of fun actually yeah. she was the uh she's a referee there you know what i love uh, re- i love how much respect the audience have for her and every time she comes out to the ring if you ever been to a live aew event she comes out to the ring i've never seen this before in any event i've ever seen she comes out to a standing ovation yeah i mean she and she deserves it she is a great person so much fun to talk to um mm-hmm. And man, she just, I mean, she's, she is truly like everybody else there, but she's re- really earned her spot there. She's the, t- she's the Tommy Young of this new generation. She's getting to yeah, that right. point already. <laughs> who was, uh, who was your, what was your favorite one? You said I think, you had a favorite again, one. the Tony Schiavone, because I, I, I vicariously lived through you watching that. And I understood what that meant. Yeah. And how much history that man has. One of my favorite, um, you know, episode or ever is NWA uh, Great America Bash War Games '87 when he did commentary with Jim Ross for mm-hmm. that. I remember that when it was it, it's it was so great. It's probably one of my favorite, uh, you know, of his callings. Um, also, one that you didn't mention, I think MJF. I'll give the honorable mention of that, but also uh, Darby Allen. Oh, okay, yeah. You know what? I was thinking with the. Uh... I was thinking the fight and focus mm-hmm. when I was going through, but uh, Darby Allen, that for me was so much fun to be able to do. It was so short. I liked it because um, it was so character driven and you worked right into that. Yeah, it was. That was a great one because that was the first time I really felt like I had an opportunity to show. Um, I mentioned being like a, you know, a trained comedic actor and right, whatnot. Like, exactly. It was the first time I felt like I had the opportunity to just be me and, mm-hmm. and be a little bit of a character. Yeah. Um, uh, but the, the other time I would say, I would say that I had that opportunity was interviewing MJF. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's he, been fun to, uh, to play off of him. Uh, um, I really enjoyed doing the one with him at, uh, I think my favorite one was at Starcast. Um, 
I did one of those interviews with him, and mm-hmm. and uh, it was just that was a lot of fun. And to see um, how well he does, considering the experience that he's had, is amazing. He's so young what a and has such a you know I don't I don't I don't need to stroke his ego because I think he <laughs> he knows I think he knows but uh, no he is he is just man if he stays healthy mm-hmm. um, he is the future of this business for yeah, sure but I, but no I mean those were those are always fun and the the reason the MJF one was not fun for me uh, the, with the fighting focus mm-hmm. was he was the first one uh, and oh I God. I had so many nerves going on. <laughs> Um, you know, and that's it's something that I think so, you know, people just, they start to realize, you know, when they see people like yourself or me, you know, who we do these interviews and they don't realize that you can get nervous mm-hmm. with this stuff. Like, you know, um, I'm very confident in my ability to do these things, right. but man, when they're like, okay, well we're going live. Uh, oh, and by the way, we're not just on fight, we're on Twitter and we're on Facebook as well. And you're like, oh, and by the way, this is just pretty much, you know, the international uh, pre-show for <laughs> AEW Dynamite's debut. Show. And I'm like, you know, and they're, they're just like telling me this. I'm like, oh, my God. And the weights keep is... stacking and stacking and stacking. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, because the last thing you want to do is ever have somebody go, yeah, how come you didn't watch Dynamite? Oh, man, when I turned it on and I saw that Josh Chernoff guy, I knew this was going to be downhill. <laughs> you know, like, you know, you don't want to do that. And, and you know, I really – um a fan actually had uh, contacted me on on Twitter and told me that watching me, they were on the fence about AEW, but watching uh, Fight and Focus mm-hmm. um, decide, you know, that that made them decide to uh, to check it out because they felt I was so energetic and and excited. And then following me on social media uh, the whole afternoon, you know, when I'm hyping the show and right. talking to fans. They were like, oh, man, you you got me so pumped for it. And there, that is – I mean there is no bigger uh, compliment because that, that is literally what my job was, was right. to, to hype you up and make you as excited as I genuinely was to mm-hmm. be there. Um, so uh, you know, I have a great job with that, but that's, that's a huge compliment. Um, but no, really, uh, I would say if I had to choose uh, it, Tony or as far as backstage yeah. interviews and those type of things yeah. – uh, yeah, I would say Darby Allen actually was was my favorite just to be able to – I really felt like it was the closest to being a part of like a backstage segment with it, that, and that, That's I think what I appreciated about it because it was really you immersed into yeah. that universe prior to his championship uh, opportunity with Chris Jericho. Yeah. I mean it was – and that was something for me too. Darby Allen has – Again, I keep saying if if he stays healthy because you know anything can happen, especially anything, a guy yeah. does who does what he does. Yeah. But um, you know that to me, I walked away from that interview feeling like I was a a part of history. Yeah. Um, and in fact, you were, to be honest. Yeah, and I mean, and that's how I felt. You know, with the fight and focus, mm-hmm. uh, I'm a part of history. Not not in the, and I don't mean that in the in the conceited way of you know. Josh Chernoff made history. No, I'm well aware of the right, fact that, that you were like that Forrest I, Gump. In <laughs> right, right. I was exactly. And uh, but that was the thing. Like I look back and if somebody goes, um, you know, hey, I want to see that, you know, the interview of, uh, you know, I want to see Darby Allen before he had that match with Jericho, his backstage interview. Well, guess what? There wasn't a backstage interview with him mm-hmm. on TV. So 
you know, that I am aware of. Maybe there was and I just missed it. But uh, for for the sake of this argument, I'm going to say there wasn't. So, um, you know, that to me was was it was exciting to be able to be a part of that and to be able to be a part of that pre-show, you know. Well, my friend, I look forward to seeing what you got going on next in the world of both Fight TV and AEW and anywhere else that you're going to be this year. Thank yeah, we have some so fun much. stuff planned. Oh, so. yeah. Thank you so much. And and definitely keep doing what you're doing. I absolutely am very honored to have you on the show to talk about your experiences and hopes that it inspire anybody else that wants to do the same thing or any other ventures. I mean, this is not just a you going on your journey, but this can apply to anybody. Absolutely. And and I really appreciate you having me on and uh, letting me just talk wrestling with you for a couple hours here. And this is the one time um, of the entire year that I get to really thoroughly talk about this. <laughs> going back and towards the anime, the comics, the movies and the games there, you think, you know, wrestling is not normally a really a format, but it does play yeah. into a lot of the elements that I do. So I'm officially making this one time of the year that we're just going to say, screw that. This is going to, it still applies some of the same fandoms in here somehow, some way. <laughs> I will, I will promise you, no matter where my career takes me, if you want me every year for one of these shows, I will be back here every single very year. very honored. And so. I, at the same time, I am going to see you in Bluebell. Uh, yeah, man. I'm, I'm, yeah, please come out. If anyone listening to this is around the uh, Montgomery County Community College in Bluebell, Pennsylvania, um, yeah, come on out to the show. Uh, you can always find uh, on our Facebook page. We're we're always putting out um, like an event, a Facebook event for the for the show. Um, I think it's January twenty second at six thirty mm-hmm. is when we're going to be doing the next one. But yeah, man, let me know if you're ever coming out, and uh, it may be, that'd be that awesome one. To have it may you. be that one um, prior to or whatever. But I'm definitely going to make one. Awesome, man. Look forward to it. Definitely. Folks, I hope you enjoyed this very special wrestling-related episode of Talk Time Live exclusive, the first one of 2020 and the decade, for that matter. On behalf of myself and Josh Chernoff himself, all I got to say is learn to let go, live life, and love all things anime, comics, movies, and games, and the world of professional wrestling. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. We are out of here. Take care, folks. This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality.